That's exactly what it looked like. And they're watching the movie. They're watching the movie. So she, well, she, you have to do the reverse cowgirl so that you can see you the movie. You don't want to miss anything. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. All right, everybody, welcome to the Zencast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Howdy! And <laughs> howdy! And from Music Video Sins, Barrett Shea. Hello, Buckaroo! Howdy! Mm-hmm. Howdy! We're, we're all dressed up as rootin' tootin' westerners in here right now. I just uh, watched t- a little too much Horrible Bosses 2 recently. Ah. I love how I love how uh, Hans Landa, whatever his name is, um, in that movie, he always refers to them, like, when they're bossing him around in the car, he's like, okay, pretend cowboy, tell me what to do next. <laughs> Oh Jesus Christ! Um, so uh, yeah, um, you guys are probably gonna rant about something. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I'm as mad as hell. You've never seen me very upset. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. So this is your chance to do that. <laughs> yeah. I, I can start off with a a non movie related rant. Okay, if, if you don't mind. We almost never do those, right? <laughs> There was, uh, there was somebody on Discord or Facebook who was like, I think that, uh, that, uh, we might be getting people, uh, to turn tune off too soon on these podcasts because we start off with non movie. Oh, things. yeah. Mm. I actually but, I mean, saw, uh, I saw someone on uh, SoundCloud where they were like, I love Jeremy's non movie. Yeah, rants. I saw somebody that said this could be a podcast about driving <laughs> rants and I would still listen. So I'm sure there's people on both sides. Dude, this is, seriously, yeah. I could do a 365 day a year podcast on driving. He's all like hoarse by the end of it. He's like, and listen, when he switch lanes, yes. for the love of God. It'd be like Andy Kaufman reading oh, the, yeah. the book at the end. Oh, yeah. Uh, but um, you were going to rant about this something. This is a, a general media rant. It's an interesting topic to me for some reason. So there's a site called Deadspin, mm. uh, which is in a um, kind of a cluster of sites, uh, websites uh, that were under previously under a, a collective called Gizmodo or Gizmodo or something like that. And it's like the AV Club, Jezebel blog. It's a bunch of blogs. Um, the Onion falls under this, that kind of thing. So uh, Deadspin uh, has long been, probably for the last 15 years or so, has long been a site of kind of like anti-sport uh, you know kind of like uh subversive sport takes well yeah they, they don't glorify all the athletes which exactly. is what espn is there for yes. essentially but they're also not malcontents they're not these guys that i hear like in a, a site called barstool now i don't know barstool very well and i know it has its fans but it also is is a little more trolly than something like deadspin Dead, mm-hmm. Dead, deadspin put a lot of thought into a great many of their articles not all of them right uh and the ones that they didn't put into like a ranking of like cereal by crumbs or something like that that was intentional and Mm -hmm. that was why i loved them Mm -hmm. uh they had this they had finally over the course of the years they had you know in and out writers and editors and things like that just recently within the last two three years or so they had solidified a diverse cast of, of writers and bloggers that really covered all kinds of things. There was like a tennis guy, and there was like a like a uh, a soccer person, and there was like a you know a more baseball person, and and th- and that kind of thing. Then they had their general writers. They had a food guy that was uh, Albert Bernico who migrated into politics. You didn't go there for sports takes necessarily, but you could. They would always say 
like comment on like a famous game or something like that that was just played in a different way. What happened, they've gotten sold a few times. It's a long story, uh, but they've gotten sold to different media companies. Uh, it's Hulk Hogan's fault. It is Hulk Hogan's fault. That is the TLDR version of it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and now they've, uh, they, well, recently, within the last year or so, they've been purchased by uh, a, a hedge fund kind of collective called GO. Uh, and GO has explicitly told their staff that they have to stick to sports, that they don't want them going off into political rants, which they do frequently, uh, that they don't want to go off topic to where it could be murky waters or something like that. They made a lot of changes to the website itself and the the revenue generation to where it'd be loud pop-up, like uh, unclickable ads, or, or you couldn't click past them, basically. And it made the user experience such that they were getting a lot of complaints. The editorial department was. And so one of the editors left a few months ago and then they had the, the big wigs had another meeting and they said, you have to stick to sports, fired the editor that came out after her, uh, Barry Pachetsky. And then something that I don't think I've ever seen before in my entire life, the entirety of the writers and the editors, the whole staff walked out on a very, very profitable website uh, that uh, that they had essentially carte blanche to to write good stuff. They all go ahead. And this was right after uh, the the Trump visit to uh, the Nationals World Series mm-hmm. game, mm-hmm. where the the there was a lot of stories about you know him getting booed and everything like that. And they wrote about it, mm-hmm. and they wrote a lot. They wrote a, several of them about yeah. it. And uh, they were getting that stick to sports edict mm-hmm. then more than ever. Yeah, and then they sort of rebelled and wrote even more not sports yep. stuff and then that's what led to some the- of them were pretty humorous mm-hmm. like there were a few that last oh, day yeah oh yeah where it was like one sentence and yeah they, in about 24 hours they all left to the point where geo goes out and hires some writer for hire the next day yeah dude writes a few articles twitter's like what the fuck are you doing that guy quit yep. that day yeah mm-hmm. now that then they posted articles for two or three days under the author tagline deadspin mm-hmm. and now they haven't published anything for six days and the interesting thing about this and i was talking to chris on uh, about this when it was happening was the the site is still nominally active meaning that if they decided to put turn the lights back on and start anybody submitting content, you, me, uh, you, they could ostensibly like you know revive the site, but they haven't done that. And I'm wondering if they do that eventually, if they just staff it with, I, I don't. It's pejorative to say scabs because writers need to write. Mm-hmm. It's just a bad situation to write here. Uh, but you know, if they staff it with lesser writers, is anybody going to notice? It, would the site be as profitable, as successful as it was with what I considered to be a top-notch crew of bloggers and writers? No, I mean, it's it's like anything. For, well, first of all, they've disabled comments, from what I can tell yes, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> which is hugely detrimental to building any kind of sense of community. Probably they disabled comments because the community that liked to comment was giving them shit. Mm-hmm. Um Average Joe who is aware of Deadspin and reads an article every now and then is not going to know the difference. Right. But I think that site had a fairly loyal and passionate fan base to the point where they would frequently fight online with Barstool fans yeah, yeah. and go back and forth at each other. And yeah, I think it's I think that site is done. I think it's I, I don't think you could bring it back to anything other than just bad writing and some a bunch of click 
clickbaity well, headlines. They have a window, right? They have to they have to start soon. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Or else, then people have just moved on because that's just the way that kind of stuff works. Um, but uh, yeah, the one of the big things about the site too was not just the fact of the uh, sticking to sports and everything. This new dude who came in said, "Let's put these auto play ads mm-hmm. on everything." let's take something that's profitable and try to make it even more profitable. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so like I started seeing towards the end there, uh, uh, like whole articles written and they'd be about a certain topic. And then the comments would be straight up. Stop these autoplay ads. Nobody yep. would say anything about the article yeah. at all. Uh, and, uh, and that was a big, that was a big thing. Cause yeah, that's annoying as fuck. Yeah. Especially if you, if you, read the site on a pc or like a tablet or something like that not your phone like i said the, the phone kind of filters out a little bit of that mm-hmm. uh but those uh those autoplay ads are just absolutely annoying and they would have surveys that would pop up too that you couldn't get rid of and, unless you actually answered it and that was the beginnings of like the, the megan greenwell was the the editor at that point and she was saying we can't have this this is this is annoying our readers that have been with us for you know quite a few years and this guy Spanfeller, uh, who came from Forbes and you know other online things, which he did do stuff like that, and it was more profitable. But it's also stuff like Forbes. It's not like you know, it's it's stuff like Wall Street Journal and stuff like that. You know, where it it basically you're going to go there regardless. With Deadspin, they have a certain way of of looking at things, and they're not gonna they're not gonna change, and they're not going to not speak up if something you know changes for the worse for sure i'll wrap it up but the only other time that i've seen this is when a site called grantland uh Mm -hmm. was on that was uh that was launched by bill simmons with the full backing of espn and grantland was about sports nominally as well but it had everything about pop culture it had a movie critic wesley morris who's genius and uh and steve hyden who's an amazing rock rock music critic and they shuttered themselves or espn shuttered them and took away their funding it wasn't like a big mass walkout they literally just shut the site killed the site bill simmons goes on to do the ringer which is like a a shadow type of thing like it it just doesn't doesn't have the same content as grantland and i think it's because of the quality of the writing so uh it's a shame to me that something is culturally rich and diverse and funny and informative as something like that just poof uh, just because of some money grubbing mismanagement. Well, and this is, I think it's a, I think it's a bigger deal than that because Dan Levitard had the same kind of thing happen with ESPN because he was critical of ABC mm-hmm. and some of their coverage of Trump and not calling out what he perceived to be lies Trump was telling. And, and racism. Then ESPN took him off the air for a day and told mm-hmm. him to stick to sports. So, and, and I think this is a direct symptom of so much corporate synergy. That it really only takes one high-ranking Disney official to be a Republican or what have you. Mm -hmm. And then all of these other outlets that are owned by Disney filters down, stick to sports, stick to movies, stick to... Mm -hmm. I think it's a bigger issue than just just Deadspin or even just Dan Levitard. I think we're in this era now where corporations are trying to shape public conversations or you're fired. Yep, yep. And I've never been happier to be my own boss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, it's a wild. It's a. It's such a fascinating story to me, and to to see an entity like that. That I, you know, I don't have a whole lot of loyalty to certain websites, honestly. Uh, besides CinemaSins.com. Hey, uh, but like, that's something where I knew I could get quality content, and to see it 
uh, gone for such pettiness, honestly, mm-hmm. uh, is is just a huge disappointment. And I'm wondering if it's going to spread out to, to different outlets. Yeah. 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 That's my rant, goddammit. Well, I'd say I would go to Deadspin all, all the time just to sort of be my time waster. And, you know, they didn't they didn't come out with, like, rapid content or anything. It wasn't like you'd get... You know, you'd read an article and another one would just be sitting there waiting. Sometimes there would be a whole day worth of like events and you wouldn't see articles. And then it would be like later on they'd write them. But uh, which I appreciate. It's not like the super hot take of like, you know, well, sometimes they would do that. Yeah, sometimes. But but typically when you'd go to see like, you know, uh, the end of a game that was controversial or something like that, it would take, you know, half a day or something like that because it would be a more depending on the writer, it'd be a more like nuanced decision or a more hilarious mm-hmm. you know way of presenting it like everybody else si is going to do it espn is going to do it all that stuff ap but this is going to be something different mm-hmm. and i dug it i dug it yep 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 um a mini rant about never mind i just i've already been spoiled by the, uh, about the mandalorian because twitter's a bunch of dicks fuck they're not even spoiling they're just there's a character that shows up in there and everybody's memeing this character and it's the day of, motherfuckers. Nice. It's the day of. I didn't honestly even know Disney Plus launched today until I got up on Twitter and saw this spoiler. Oh, nice. You guys are dicks. Uh, here's my non-movie uh, rant uh, and movie fans. Hang on. We're going to talk lots of movies. There you go. I'm going to talk about the movie Invincible with Marky Mark. That's- I have, <laughs> I have I can't feelings. can't wait to talk about that. Um, but, uh, <laughs> he has feelings. <laughs> I needed a grill, uh, a new grill. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the 11th of October, which is... More than a month ago, as we record this, I bought one. Now, I did a lot of research. I like to do research. I bought the very best grill that I wanted for what, for my needs. Mm-hmm. I ended up buying it on Lowe's website. It's something I've never done before, but I'm assuming, hey, this will be pretty simple. I see Lowe's trucks on the road all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> buy the grill. And then an hour later, I'm, I, I'm looking at my email receipt because I do this. I go back and look to make sure what I bought was what I wanted to buy. Right. And no, I bought the wrong kind. I bought a liquid propane grill. Oh. I don't even know what the difference is between liquid propane and gas propane. Yeah. I really don't. But I went back in and, and there was no way for me to cancel the order because I checked out as a guest. I didn't ah. want to log in for a Lowe's account. So first things first, I buy the correct grill. I have now bought two grills. I spend about an hour that night. Trying to cancel that first order, no luck. I go to Lowe's Twitter account. I DM them my order number. I'm trying to cancel this. Help. Nothing. The next day, I'm like, all right. I pull up this email, and I see a phone number. I'm like, I'm going to call this phone number. I call this phone number. Lovely lady comes on. I explain, hey, I bought two grills. Need to cancel one of them. Uh, she was awesome. I got an email while I was on the phone with her of my canceled order. Nice. Um, the next day, I heard back from the Lowe's Twitter account. Hey, can I help? <laughs> no, you're useless. I already solved this problem. So then, for the most part, I think everything's honky-dory. And then, a week ago, I get a phone call at lunch with my wife. Actually, my wife got the phone call. And um, they said uh, it was some woman from the shipping company that Lowe's has hired. A middleman, of course. That's what mm. you do. Uh, and, uh, hey, they're going to deliver your grill in two days. And my wife was like, well, we paid for somebody to put it all together. Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, I don't see that on this order. Uh, all, all we're going to do is get it to your front door. Fuck. So I go back and look, and in addition to the first grill being canceled, so had my purchase of expert installation. Hmm. So I will be installing this thing myself, but first of all, I have to get it. So two days after that phone call, I get a call from a guy in a truck, 
And he's like, Jeremy. I'm like, yeah. He's like, I'm delivering a package for you. I'm like, all right, do you need me to sign for it? He's like, I want to need somebody to sign for it. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, we're five minutes from home. We'll get, we'll come home right now and, and sign for it. He's like, okay. <clears throat> so we get home and he's not there. And I'm like, well, maybe he called. He was sling blade. It was delivered. Be- yes. Shortly before he was at our house and he just made it sound like he was already at. So we sit there for 20 minutes waiting for this guy to show up. He calls me again. Jeremy, you coming home or what? I'm like, we're home. I think maybe you delivered to the wrong address. What address are you supposed to deliver to? 1005 Lee Street, Murray, Alabama. Oh, shit. What? I was like, well, that's not even the right state. <laughs> that's not. I, that, I'm not getting a grill today. So I call back to the Lowe's help number and I get a guy and he's like, all right, well, I'm going to have to call this shipping company and find out what happened. And I said, do you have my phone number so you can call me back? I'm not allowed to call you back, sir. I'm going to have to put you on hold. Holy fuck. I'm on hold for 35 minutes. This kid was nice. He comes back. He's like the shipping company. They they don't have any explanation for why it got shipped to this address in Alabama. They're apologizing profusely. It's going to be there Monday. And I'm like, all right. So Monday being yesterday, I get a call from a different sling blade driver. <laughs> Jeremy, I got a delivery for him. I'm like, we're here. We're home. Bring it on up. It's like, ah. So then I happen to have an office that looks out over the, the, the road in front. And I see a truck go by slowly. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that's got to be that's got to be my guy. And he just missed the address or something. Then he calls me. He's like, I don't know how we're going to do this now. I have a driveway that from the road dips down a good 12 feet to where I can't even see my wife's car when she's in the dip driving home. And then it dips back up. And I've had several delivery trucks, some back in, some come in forward. None of them have a problem with it. But I'm thinking this is the deal. He sees the dip in my driveway. And I said, "Do, do you not think you can bring it up the drive? I can't drive this truck on private property. That's a liability. Fucking fuck. And I'm like, how this- do you deliver to my door if you don't ever drive on anybody's driveway? This dude parks in the middle of the fucking street. And, I, and he says, do you have a pickup? And I'm like, a pickup? No, I have. My wife has a Jeep. Maybe it'll fit in that. I drive the Jeep up on the road. He's like, back it on up. And he's bossy as fuck, by the way. Oh, Jesus Christ. So he lowers the grill, which is like 6,000 pounds. He lowers it halfway down on this thing. And then we just all slide push it into the back of the Jeep. And I drive it up to my house. Now it's in my garage, and I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. That Holy was a month-long saga of trying to get a grill. I should have just fucking walked into Lowe's two miles from my house yes. and bought one in there yes. and had them deliver. Yes. Don't ever buy from Lowe's.com. There you go. There you go. <laughs> don't it's do it. It's the anti-sponsor of this podcast. Oh, my God. And they never Jeez. will be now, but that's okay because they fucked me. Anyway. There's oh always some weird things with... with I mean, there's... I mean, not always, but there's some oftentimes there's some weird things with uh, online ordering, right? Yeah. Like I, last Christmas, I tried to get these shoes for my niece and uh, went to the website. I think it was Sperry or something like that. Mm. Went to the website and ordered these particular shoes. And I thought they were the right ones because I had verified and all that stuff. And then I got the email saying this is what what I was getting. And I was like, oh, it's probably not the ones. And I'd. You know, I I even texted my niece. I was like, "Is this is this the kind?" I was like, "Well, it's actually this other one." I was like, "Okay, well then, shouldn't be too hard to just get on the site and say cancel that order and make another one." And it was hard to, <laughs> to cancel that and make another one. Um, I uh, I uh, I I went on there and it, and it said uh, you can 
I'm trying to remember what it was because it was it had only been like an hour or two after I I mean you normally that would be nothing and uh and apparently once once the once whoever UPS or somebody gets it like there's no way of possibly like finding it or whatever I don't know what it is but like the the order is done at that point and like there is like yes I can cancel it and get a refund but it, it, there's a whole bunch of just i ended up having to call them mm-hmm. and all that it's like in this day and age if i wanted to cancel something why isn't it just like yes i'd like to cancel that and then the ups guy comes up and clicks the thing on the barcode and it says don't deliver this they've mm-hmm. canceled it and then send it back to the thing yeah. why is that hard i don't know yeah. it's getting to the point where doing what you just said like going to the store picking it out and taking it back is the is the most reasonable thing to do you know? i mean uh, this is after like five i'm five six years in of being an amazon prime member mm-hmm. now granted if i'd have bought this grill on amazon i probably would have been fine because I, I i don't almost i almost never have any issues with amazon deliveries but i'm just so used to website click cart buy deliver mm-hmm. deliver don't take it to alabama and oh. then when you bring it to me like what kind of company what kind of delivery company doesn't let their drivers drive the trucks onto a driveway to deliver something. That is the worst part right there. Does he literally everything he delivers, he stops in the street? My my guess is that he has misinterpreted badly a oh, rule yeah. uh on that and he is following it. No one has told him any otherwise. You may it might be good actually to call his boss to pay it forward and just say this is what happened, and then the next time that doesn't happen. I had never heard of anything like that in my life, and I thought, man, if my if I didn't have a Jeep, that grill would be sitting at the end of my driveway, and this morning would be covered with snow. Yeah, because true. I can't. I don't have a. I don't have a dolly. I, there's no way for me to get it. Yeah, up to my house. Yeah, because that's, that, that's. I mean, that's clearly everything you did is way above and beyond. By the way. Um, I, I feel like that's an even bigger liability than driving on someone's private property. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. Because the idea that you have to go over there and strain and do physical work <laughs> and all that to get your delivery yeah, is that. way more problematic. Yeah, not so, to mention the leaving your truck on the road where people could easily run. It's, it's a kind of a curvy road. Yep. I was a little concerned yep. it was going to be an accident. That's more of a liability than what? You you run over my cat? What are you worried about if you drive onto my driveway? Yeah. The UPS guy does it every like, day. Yes. Like you're a guy who's like fake living there and yeah. the, the, the real the real owner is just like you know, like, you know, uh, better better not find out you ordered a fucking grill while I was gone. <laughs> oh shit. Oh, well, man. at least you have it now. Yeah, at least I. Well, yeah. So I I'll help you put it together. If you I want. have to put it together. Well, so I, was, I was gonna see if I could bribe you guys to come help me put it together, and then we'd make steaks. Uh, I'm down. I'm down. Yeah. Well, I have put I together would, many I grills. I put together one, the, the previous one I had, and it nearly killed me. <laughs> That's why I was willing to pay $100 for expert installation. <laughs> I, we'll, we'll get it done. <laughs> I put mine together. I got mine in Chicago, and, and uh, the day I got it, it started like a blizzard that day. And God damn it, I had like, uh, we went to like a sausage shop and I got some bratwurst fresh. I was going to cook those fucking bratwurst. Yeah. So I put that motherfucker together in a blizzard. I bet you did. I don't blame you. No, that sounds sounds like a good day though. Sounds like you just go out, make, build a grill, have the excitement of like, we've done something and accomplished something and order and just get some steaks. I think (laughs) I've decided sausage is my favorite meat. Yeah. I think I've decided. It's Mm. complex. Good sausage is more than one kind of meat. That's true. 
That's and true. Uh, you know, a hamburger is awesome. Mm-hmm. I love steak. Beef is great. Beef has always been my number one. Mm-hmm. But sausage is complex. Yeah, it's got stuff it's in there. It's got layers of flavor. Mm-hmm. I like sausage. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> You're going to be the cold open. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to summarize, Jeremy really loves sausage. Uh, I don't have a rant, so let's go on to the recommends and warns. Woo! Totes amazeballs. They're great. It won the Academy Award. Oh, for what? For best movie ever made. Let's do it, baby. <laughs> oh, what do you want first? I'll give you one. What do you want? Rant or recommend? I mean, warn or recommend? I got one of each. I want to warn. All right. So today we're going to be talking about the career of Elizabeth Banks, much like last episode we did Stephen King. Mm-hmm. And yesterday I'm like, well, I don't really have, I have. I had a recommend, but I didn't have an either a second one, a record warn, a warn, mm-hmm. or another recommend. I'm flipping channels. Fucking Invincible's coming on. Oh yeah, this movie stars co-stars Elizabeth Banks. She's a barkeep, right? St- st- yes, she's a barkeep. Yes, <laughs> this is Marky Mark, uh, Greg Kinnear, uh-huh. and it's the story of Vince Papale. Yes, a guy in the blah 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 seventies something something <laughs> who went to an open tryout. And made the team for the Eagles and became a hometown hero for all the fans because they got to see themselves in him on the field. <laughs> and this movie is bad. It's... Uh, I would watch Necessary Roughness six times before I watch this movie again. Now, this movie opens with... They play a lot of street street ball. Yeah, right. Street they're in football. the same lot, right? Yeah. yeah. They're in the mud lot or the whatever. Mud lot, yeah. The same one. It's in the old neighborhood. And Marky Mark, he's the best. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's the best of the best. In fact, the game opens, the movie opens with the game, and he's not even there yet. His friend's team is getting their asses kicked. And then he shows up, and the other team tries to keep him from joining, because he's so good. He's going to change the tide of the game. <laughs> Aren't his friends Giants fans or something like that? Uh, Elizabeth Banks is a Giants uh, Elizabeth fan. Elizabeth Banks is. Uh, which it turns out later, because I, I actually did some research after watching this movie, uh, that's fictionalized. Of course she, it is. She wasn't a Giants fan. Uh, she wasn't even a bartender. Um <clears throat> So, so Marky Mark's the best neighborhood football player ever. And then Dick Vermeil comes to town. The Eagles have sucked the last three or four years. The owner is tired. He's hired college whiz kid coach Dick Vermeil. This is a real person, by the way. Mm-hmm. Greg uh-huh. Kinnear's pretty good in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and he comes in and he makes this bold proclamation. We're going to do open tryouts. Maybe there's somebody living in Philadelphia who's better than all these professionals, which is <laughs> ludicrous. Yes. Um, Marky Mark goes, he's the only guy who gets invited to camp. Mm. How much do you think the guys on the team respect Marky Mark at training camp? It's not a Rudy situation. Well, I guess it is kind of a Rudy situation. It's the reverse of a Rudy. They keep calling him Pops. Yeah. Because he's 30. He's 30. (laughs) He's 30 years old, and they call him Pops. (laughs) And, of course, uh, he goes out there, and he's tiny, and uh, his big thing is speed, mm-hmm. but the pads are weighing him down, man. He can't run very fast with these pads. He goes and puts on quarterback pads, which are lighter. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you won't last a day in those. It's never brought up again, by the way. He just wears quarterback pads for the rest of the movie and is faster. <laughs> He's faster. <laughs> and um, there's like this weird reverse racism thing where like the two wide receivers on the team who were black 
call him pops and discriminate against him and don't want him to make the team. Mm. Um, but then he's, he, once he changes those pads, he's as fast as they are and they have to start respecting him. Yeah. Oh God. This movie is like my niece could have made this movie. <laughs> it is so paint by numbers. Um, and, uh, I looked it up now. Wikipedia doesn't necessarily agree with Vince com. <clears throat> And I'm not sure which one's more likely to be biased, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Right. Wikipedia says not only did he play uh, minor league football, Vince Papale, he played and was good mm -hmm. uh, for several years, didn't play in college, but played in these, like, I guess there were teams that went city to city and it was like kind of like half mm. organized, half not. Wikipedia says Dick Vermeil specifically invited this dude to try out oh. and vincepapale.com says don't believe everything wikipedia says i'm like why don't you just change what wikipedia says mm -hmm. um <clears throat> anyway so i'm not sure it's completely lining up with the kosherness of the whatnot uh but then of course he makes a big he's on special teams he somebody hits a guy ball pops out marky markets to run into the touchdown yeah, you yeah. Know, like calvin johnson or what have you and mm -hmm. everybody he can see his friends in the stands yeah. <laughs> right um and uh it was a slog man you elizabeth, know I, elizabeth banks was charming she, enough yeah i remember I, I remember watching this movie and i remember kind of liking it but it's also very very disnified mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah it's, it's like any you know, auspice of like toughness to these neighborhoods and stuff like that. We're all softened down to just like it's a Rudy story, essentially. Like, yeah. he's, you know, he's going to get the touchdown. At well, the end. he's got a piece of paper he keeps in his locker. He hides it under towels. It's a motivational note. And he wrote it himself. And it says something along the lines of you're a failure. You'll always be a failure and you'll never amount to anything. <laughs> and he reads it. And the fact there's this weird cut, I almost made a note of it, where they're like in the bar. His buddy owns a bar, so they're always hanging out in this bar. And that's how Elizabeth Banks comes in. She's a cousin. She starts bartending. Mm -hmm. uh, Marky Mark's girlfriend from the beginning of the movie gets mad that he plays too much football and leaves. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and anyway, there's a scene in the bar where they're talking. And, um, and then it cuts to Marky Mark in the locker room at training camp, reading that note. And he folds it back up. And then it cuts back to the bar. And it's a different day. And I'm like, you just cut up. You just cut to 30 seconds of training camp just to show me him reading that. You didn't even show me any on the field action that day. Wow. You just cut. It was really, really weird. By the way, Vermeil was the coach of the Rams when they won the Super Bowl against the Titans. Yes, yes he was. Right. The, uh, the, uh, what did they call them? The greatest show on turf? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And he um, cried. This he movie, I don't remember anything about this movie, but this will always be the movie that I saw two people fucking in oh. one night. <laughs> girl reverse cowgirling a guy <laughs> it, i can say yeah barrett is doing a, a weird a faux bounce thing that's exactly what it looked like and they're watching the movie they're watching the movie so she, well she you have to do the reverse cowgirl so that you can see you the movie you don't want to miss anything i uh she wants to look at marky mark she doesn't want to look at her boyfriend no 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 you want to you yeah i mean she's probably fantasizing about marky mark while she's doing it i i um i did this thing when i was uh in movie theaters where i would peep on people no i would do this thing in movie theaters when i would be the projectionist where i would start a movie and to save uh lamp hours and everything like that oh yes i would open up a window and see if there was anybody in there sometimes you'd see tickets sold for a movie but they wouldn't be in that movie. Mm. So like there were there was two tickets sold for Invincible. 
and uh, and I looked down and didn't see anybody in there. Now you have to open up the window to make sure they're not in that very back right, row. Right, right. So that's what I did. And these had these. This had this uh, like you know opens out into the auditorium kind of window or whatever. And I poked my head in, looked down, didn't see anybody. Then looked to the right, saw the reverse cowgirl, <laughs> and then closed it back <laughs> did they see you like did they turn or anything like that? i don't think they did it's 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 amazing sometimes you can sometimes open up that uh, window and yell and people don't even know that you're there oh because of the it's either because they don't think there's anybody that would be from projections mm. saying something or i don't know but but yeah yeah, that's what that movie is to me. I don't remember any. I saw the movie, but I don't remember anything about it other than the basic bare bones part of that story. Yeah. Oh, I remember the bare bones. Yeah, the bare bones. Yeah. That's right. I've, I've certainly never done anything like that. You've never had sex at a theater? Um, That was like reverse psychology. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was I've thinking done, that doesn't sound right. I've done that exact thing, <laughs> only not during business hours. <laughs> Do you have a? Rec- you've been the guy in the booth. Do you have a recommend a warn? Well, Chris, I, let's go, Chris. Um, okay, so yeah, I have a recommend of a movie that uh, someone on Facebook alerted me to. Uh, it's called Walking Papers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a short. It's about twenty twenty three minutes somewhere around there. Uh, about a man who is uh, working a security job at a bank and is getting fired uh, for someone who's younger and is cheaper and all that. Uh, now. Uh, when when i first started watching this i was like okay this is just a simple you know uh old texas town type of uh movie about a guy losing his job and what's going to happen when he loses his job and everything because it starts off he's you know he's talking to his wife and this is his last day and and everything and he goes to the he goes to the bank and he's he meets his replacement and, Mm. and uh and uh he there's a you know and then you see another guy in the bank who uh has always been getting loans from this bank and he's he's for his farm but he's not getting one today because the new management is like fuck you and all mm. that uh and i would i i struggle slightly to tell you what happens next hmm. uh because it, it's very this movie is uh it's very like you want to go in not knowing much about it. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm just saying, just this build up at the first, you're like, okay, I kind of know what this movie is, but then you don't know what this movie is, hmm. and uh, and uh, and it's 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 very like well well put together uh, and everything. And I would recommend going to see Walking Papers. It's on uh, um, Amazon Prime. Oh, really? Amazon Prime. Uh, a guy named Michael Willibanks directed it. Oh. Uh, um and uh apparently he was uh he was uh inspired by hell or high water and uh, really? stuff like that um and so like yeah you you start watching this i like i said i started watching this and going okay this is a simple story this is this yeah, it's just about this dude it's a 20 minutes it's 20 something minutes how 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 much could really happen fuck a lot happens really? <laughs> All right. yeah All right. so i'm intrigued uh, yeah yeah I, I i mean you don't have this is not much time out of the day to watch a movie like this so mm-hmm. it's called walking papers i had to fill out nearly the entire title because this is a self i think this is a self-published oh yeah thing i nearly had to 
put in the full title before Amazon knew what I was talking about because you know you start putting in W A L. They're like Walking Dead, Walking Tall, Walking Tall, Walking Tall. Don't watch that. There's two of them. There's two of them. Actually, I think they made like three or four of the Joe Don Baker ones, and then they yeah they did. There was a whole series back in Joe Don Baker day. And then I came this close yesterday to watching Scorpion King three. What? Who's in that? A bunch of wrestlers that aren't the rock. <laughs> By the way, uh, speaking of which, I can't remember which mummy it is. It's either the mummy or the mummy returns has that rock, uh, sort of cameo, like CGI fucked up weirdness. Mummy the returns. Second one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, YouTube channel corridor digital took that scene and like redid the effects oh, on their own. They made it good. Yeah, they made it to where like uh, they used more uh, of a of a deep fake type of thing for okay. the rock's face on mm. top of the thing. Okay, and uh, and what's really interesting about those corridor digital things is that they uh, they they'll say this is what's kind of wrong with this. Like, notice this. You know, they'll show you exactly why these. They did this thing on Gemini Man, where they said most of the most of the effects are pretty good with Gemini Man, but like anytime you see somebody like smile with their upper lip or something like that, move their upper lip independently of anything else, uh-huh. that's a dead giveaway that they just fuck something up mm. because nobody nobody can independently move their upper lip <laughs> that way, and um and uh so like uh but they'll they'll point it out and they're like okay well this is what we're gonna do they've done a like <laughs> this is becomes like a corridor digital recommend after i'm talking about this guy's movie so, <laughs> but uh but go to watch a corridor digital video they did uh an r-rated home alone where they took uh oh they yeah. took all the 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 stuff that happens in that movie and then put all these like elaborate deaths instead like they're it's the actual film but oh. they they turned Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci into like corpses essentially throughout the whole thing. I had a beer with those guys once. Oh yeah? I yeah, was that uh, down in Florida? Yeah, that was the same time I peed next to Rhett and Link. <laughs> it was the same party. Uh but yeah, I will I, I will uh despite all that corridor digital stuff, I will say once again, the movie's called Walking Papers. So find it on Amazon. Totally, man. I'm there. Yeah. Uh, I've got one that's on Netflix, Ooh. and this is right up your alley. I think Ooh. it's both, uh, uh, both of your alleys, but Jeremy, I think you would really dig this. Hit me, hit me. It's called Echo in the Canyons. Echo in the Bunny Men. Uh, yes. Echo in the Canyon, actually, <laughs> singular. Uh, it's a it's a documentary about Laurel Canyon. Are you guys familiar with Laurel Canyon? I've heard, I've heard of Laurel Canyon many times, but I don't know if I've ever been there or I've, I know where it's situated. Isn't that the one with Christian Bale and Kate Beckinsale? And- no. I, I, the, what, Laurel Canyon? Oh, the yeah, actual movie? Yeah, yeah, movie. yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, this is a, a documentary about Laurel Canyon, which was like the most fertile musical ground starting in the 60s for rock and roll music ever. So it's it's up in the like kind of adjacent to the Hollywood Hills, right up from Sunset Boulevard. So you've been right next to Laurel Canyon. Mm-hmm. And so it's like this beautiful oasis that's away from the city, but you're right next to the city. So like all the, you know, Whiskey Kitchen, Troubadour and all that stuff all down there. Uh, to actually play, but all the musicians were up here. And the amount of talent that lived in Laurel Canyon in the 60s is amazing. It's the Birds, it's Jackson Brown, it's Buffalo Springfield, it's the Mamas and the Papas, it's the Beach Boys, all these guys, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, which came out of the Birds. Echo and, and the Bunnymen. Echo and the yeah, Bunnymen. Yeah, Echo and the Bunnymen. Uh, and so this guy, Jacob Dylan. Uh, who is the lead singer of a band called he's, The Wallflowers. He's Lou Holtz's son. He's Lou Holtz's son. <laughs> there's a I funny... I peed next to him in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, 
there's a funny moment in this. So Jacob Dylan is basically rediscovering all this music, interviewing all the 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 the, the players and all that stuff, and then recreating it with contemporaries. Oh. So it's very interesting. I'll go into that in a second. But there is a, a funny story. David Crosby of Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young is a has always been a character, and so Jacob Dylan is interviewing uh, Crosby. And he was talking about the, the birds in the early days and stuff like that. And he was like, you know, everything was going along pretty well. But then Dylan came and and, uh, and there's this pregnant pause. And Jacob's like, you're going to have to be more specific. <laughs> <laughs> it's, this is an absolute recommend. The, the whole thing about the birds and Buffalo Springfield, Mamas and the Papas and all this stuff like getting going is great. Then they get to Brian Wilson. Oh, by the way, Tom Petty is in this too. Oh, neat. Interviewed very extensively before his death, uh, while they were filming, I think. Uh, but they talk about Brian Wilson. I swear to God, with, without irony, in the same uh, uh, esteem as Mozart and Bach, hmm. where where they're saying that this guy sees music in a different way than anyone that we've ever met, and these are legends hung around legends yeah. all their lives. And the way that they talk about Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys is just otherworldly. It was like he can he can do stuff that we only wish that we could do. And they would play like, you know, all the stuff from pet sounds and like good vibrations and a later thing. And uh, and then they would interview Brian Wilson himself. Some of the most compelling moments of documentaries that I've seen in forever. Brian Wilson, we could do a whole podcast on his whole story, but he is not always in the best frame of mind. He's been diagnosed with schizoaffective disorder, bipolar disorder, um, and just presents as having some sort of cognitive issue in the way that he speaks and the way that he kind of communicates and that kind of thing. But then you sit him down at a piano mm. and like he'll recall all these stuff. Like, you know, what what key was that song in? Well, that was E flat or something like that. Like, you know, he's just rattling these things off. He's like, I recorded this section of this song in this studio, this section of this song in another studio because they had this sort of sound. And it's unbelievable. The guy's genius is unparalleled. And I knew this conceptually. But hearing those greats, Tom Petty, Eric Clapton, David Crosby, Stephen Stills, all these guys just like you know, fawning over this dude. It's pretty amazing. And mm-hmm. then, so the, 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 the kind of tip of the iceberg here is that uh, they do recreate some of these things in a show. And so Jacob Dylan is a talented performer and everything. Uh, very much kind of has the affect of his dad. Uh, but then he's uh, like Cat Power, Shan Marshall uh, is, uh, is on there. Beck plays with him. Ooh. Fiona Apple Ooh. plays with him. Like there's just a ridiculous uh nora jones is in there like there's just like this ridiculous amount of talent that are recreating these amazing songs huge recommend whatever happened to the wallflowers because that first album was a huge hit this is well they toured a lot they released two they're bringing down the horse was the first one they released another album about two or three years after that toured relentlessly i think have still released a few albums but just hasn't gone anywhere man their cover <clears throat> in that zoolander of uh, i started a joke that's <laughs> yeah. one of the best songs ever i'm not even joking well, i can listen to that thing beginning to end they've got the uh what was uh was it on the godzilla soundtrack the yep, heroes yeah. yep the yep. david bowie cover that's a great cover it is uh and I told you that my recent uh, discovery that Sixth Avenue Heartache was Adam Duritz was singing backup on that. Right? Uh, so oh, were, yeah, that's right. That used head. to be my friend James and I's karaoke jam. Uh, that may be one of the most perfect songs ever written. We used to duet that shit. It's a very don't bore us, get to the chorus type of thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you 
were there that night when we were at Broadway Brew House and Jacob Dylan was throwing darts yes. with us. Right? Oh, yes, I, I remember was. you saying yes, that. Yeah. yeah. He's a tiny he's fellow. Short. He's tiny as hell, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In yeah. fact, um, when I went looking up Vince Papale after I watched Invincible, it's laughable that Marky Mark tried to play him because Marky Mark is a tiny little fellow. Yeah, yeah. And this dude, now granted, I guess he did catch flack for not being big enough to play football, but in the real footage I saw on YouTube, he looked like fucking Joe Namath, man. He so looked he's a big, big dude relative to the rest of the population. Relative to Mark Wahlberg, yeah, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is so much fun. Man, that sounds awesome. So it's called Echo in the Canyon. Echo in the Canyon. Netflix. It is like uh, a big old... You, the part that you... Because you love pet sounds, right? Mm-hmm. I uh, got the uh, vinyl down God. I mean, the part where they really amp up the Beach Boys talk, it's so funny because uh, Crosby said the same thing. He was like, man, these guys all dress the same, and they had the same haircut, and we thought they were a bunch of dorks. And then we met Brian, and then he fucking schooled us all mm-hmm. on how to write a song. And it was like, it's, it's the most amazing shit I've ever heard. I like Pet Sounds, the album, and just the noises my pet Yeah, yeah. yeah. Meow. Meows and I barks. can't uh, remember. There was something about these bands that I had run across a year or so ago and i can't remember in what context it was because when you said laurel canyon i was like yeah i've heard of this mythical canyon many times uh i i and i can i don't know if it's if it's the one where charlie manson was or if it was like you know the charlie manson was in some sort of uh, like canyon there's a lot of canyons out there yeah it's interesting i I don't remember where exactly he was adjacent to all this stuff but i was i but i remember i I saw laurel canyon and i was was looking it up and i saw all these bands and everything and i don't remember what it was for though but it is anyway i gotta see that yeah it's awesome um, I'm going to recommend an older movie that I've talked about briefly before, but I saw in its entirety two days ago, and that's a uh, Bruce Willis joint called Bandits. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> you ever seen this? I have never seen this. <laughs> have you ever seen this? Salma Hayek? No. Oh. It's, uh... Kate Blanchett? Kate Blanchett, and it's Billy Bob Thornton, and... I have uh, I have Bruce seen Willis. this. I don't remember anything about it, but I have seen this movie. It, it inexplicably, I don't... Uh, it's not perfect. <clears throat> But it is fun, quirky, and watchable as hell. Huh. Uh, it's basically trying to be three movies in one. Uh, 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 Prisoners on the Run, uh, Bank Robbery Movie, and Love Triangle. Okay. It largely succeeds. Uh, it opens with Bruce Willis and uh, Billy Bob. They're, they're friends. And this is a fun Billy Bob because, you know, Billy Bob... You can get Billy Bob a bunch of different ways. Yes. You, you can get him in Sling Blade. You can get uh, Pushing Tin Billy Bob, yeah. who's like intimidating and yeah. tough. This is nebbish, bookish, nerdy Billy Bob. I like Bob. this Billy Bob. That's a good um, Billy Bob. And, uh, like Simple Plan Billy Bob. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Only not... He's smarter, but mm-hmm. yes. Um, that's definitely the same vein of Billy Bob. Uh, so they break out of prison, and uh, they end up escaping the cops that are chasing them, and they end up at this house. They break in. There's a couple teenagers making out, and they just stay there for like a day or two. They treat the kids nice, um, and then they take their car, and they go out, and then they rob a bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess it's just, just what, what you do. They mm-hmm. become the sleepover bandits because uh, Billy Bob's genius idea, and it is pretty smart, is to figure out who the bank manager is and go to their house the night before and... Spend the night there at their house, mm-hmm. usually have dinner with them, and then go to the bank in the morning with the bank manager. They unlock the vault, take the money, and go. Okay. <coughs> so their scheme is they rob a bank, they split the money, they split up for two weeks, they have a rendezvous point, they come back together. Um, and they've got this stunt driver friend of uh, 
Bruce Willis's um I can't think of the actor's name, but you've seen him. Um and he's their basically their getaway driver. Mm-hmm. Well, during their first split apart, uh Billy Bob Thornton uh gets out of his car because he's neurotic. And then as he's on his way back to his car, he sees the cops are there. So he starts going on foot. And then Kate Blanchett, who's just now leaving her husband um, and crying while singing Total Eclipse of the Heart, <laughs> um, runs into him. Now, <clears throat> if you only watch this movie to watch Kate Blanchett sing along to Total Eclipse of the Heart, it's worth it. <laughs> She's dry. OK, so to, her first scene is... Um, I need a hero. This movie loves 80s music. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. cooking. Bonnie she's, Tyler. She's using wine. She's doing a, she's dancing around the kitchen. I need a hero. <laughs> she's bopping and boo bopping. And then her husband comes home and she's like, I made dinner. He's like, I've got, I've got work plans. I thought I told you. And he leaves. <laughs> and she's like, I've had enough of this shit. I'm the underutilized wife. I'm not appreciated. I'm leaving. She gets in the car, probably drunk on the wine, and totally clips of the heart comes on. And she's singing along, and no one has ever felt the lyrics of a song more than <laughs> this character feels totally clips of the heart. And when it gets to that part of the song where the song is, I really need you tonight, she hits the steering wheel with each syllable, I really need you tonight, just to emphasize how distraught she is. She runs into Billy Bob with the car. <laughs> Shit. Feels bad for him, takes care of him. Ends up coming along with him to the rendezvous. Bruce Willis is all like, why the fuck did you bring her here? And then this is where the love triangle complicates because the only sleeping arrangements end up being somehow uh, her and Bruce Willis sharing a bed with a sheet between them. Oh, okay. Um, and then she's talking to herself about how bad her life is. Like, Nothing I can do. Always falling apart. And then he starts quoting Total Eclipse of the Heart lyrics. <laughs> and they have this connection, right? And Billy Bob is, of course, like, oh, he gets all the women. I never get any women, yada, yada. So now she's part of the crew. Uh, and I don't really want to spoil much more of the movie, although there is a great moment where they're, they're getting away from a bank robbery. They're in two separate cars, and they've lost each other. Mm-hmm. And then they find each other, and they're all excited. So they pull up alongside each other, and they're honking their horns and whatnot. And a truck shows up out of nowhere, and there's this big wreck. And the car that Billy Bob and Bruce Willis is in goes tumbling into this field. <laughs> Billy Bob gets out of the car going, I don't, I don't even think we should be moving around right now. Like, a serious accident. <laughs> and Bruce Willis walks up to him, and he keeps going, I don't think we should be moving right now. I don't, we should not be moving. Uh, it's that kind of Billy Bob performance. Uh, and then it ends with this big heist. They end up going on a true criminals type show with Donnie Deutsch plays the host mm. of the show. Um, and uh, they're going to pull off one one last heist, but they got to clear Kate Blanchett's name because she's a missing person and they don't want her going to jail. And, yada, and it all works out fine. Oh. Uh, but it's 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 fun. Mostly mostly Billy Bob bickering with Bruce Willis and then Kate Blanchett's just insane turn as this screw loose housewife. I love me some Kate Blanchett um, with the screw loose. And like, she ultimately, and Jasmine, like that kind of, she's They awesome. ultimately are like, hey, you have to choose between the two of us. And she's like, what if I don't want to? There what you if, go. What if I want both of you? Okay. And uh, that's kind of how it goes. All right. Uh, really, really enjoyable. Nice. I haven't seen um, it in years, but good stuff. Uh, this is surprising that it's got it's got a six point five on the IMDb, which is higher than I would have uh, thought because I remember when this came out, it got savaged. Yeah, uh, Barry Levinson directed this. Wow, I did not. I had that. no idea. What year is this? Two thousand one. Oh, uh, and uh, and his uh, son Sam Levinson, who did Euphoria, is oh, yeah. in this movie. Oh, who does he Ooh. play? He plays Billy Saunders. Okay, so not Harvey. I don't. He must just be. Uh, Oh, is he the husband? 
No, he's the kid that they catch fucking in the house in the beginning. <laughs> they, take, they, take his, they take his car. That's pretty funny. Nice. Uh, anyway, I really, I've seen it before. I've seen it a few times. I've always liked it. This time I was like, I need to recommend that movie. It's a good time. All right. I'm going to check it out. There you go. I like these recommends so far. <laughs> this is good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I also have a movie that I've, I've had seen and have already you know mentioned before on the podcast. But it was on the other day and I was doing some things. And I was just struck at like how good it was, man. Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Reynolds? No, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling and Steve Carell and uh, Julianne Everybody. Moore. <laughs> uh, Emma Stone, of course, because it's a Ryan Gosling movie. Yep. But, uh, but uh, I was, I, I, I always liked Crazy Stupid Love. I always liked this. It was one of the rare like romantic comedies that, just somehow some way was just a little bit better than others mainly because i think it doesn't it doesn't put gosling and stone as these as this couple that has to be together mm-hmm. and that they're trying to get out of some bad relationship emma stone kind of is but like it's it's with josh groban josh groban and uh he's hilarious he, in this, he is he is but like um but it's not one of those things where, you know, oh, these two people, if they could only just meet each other and, and then, you know, they, they, they don't have this whole like hate each other, then they date and then something happens where they break up and then the third act right. happens and all that. So it doesn't follow that, uh, that model. And it's more about this whole group of people, family. Uh, Steve Carell is married to Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore cheats on him with Kevin Bacon. Yep. Uh, uh, and, uh, and, uh, so it's, it's sort of, uh, torn them apart and he's, they're separated and, uh, and he's trying to get back on the horse essentially. And he's finds himself at this bar and he sees Gosling just basically just, just tearing through all sorts of just like went beautiful women. Mm -hmm. Just like, uh, and he starts talking to him and like, you know, trying to figure out how maybe I can do this and everything. I think Gosling's uh, playbook is essentially like the game, the Neil Strauss, the game and everything, mm. maybe a little bit more simplified because he's Ryan Gosling and, <laughs> yeah, you know, um, step one, look like Ryan Gosling. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and so, it, so he sort of starts, he takes Carell under his wing and he's like, this is how you need to talk to women and, and everything. But there's all these multiple stories going on all at once. Emma Stone is at some, I don't know if she's a lawyer or something like that, uh, who is dating Josh Groban and, and she's expecting to be asked to marry him any day now. Uh, so there's that. And then you have Julianne Moore and Steve Carell's thing. Then their kids are into stuff. Like mm-hmm. his, his son really likes this Annalee Tipton uh a girl who lives uh you know wherever a few blocks away the babysitter there he is the babysitter Mm. and uh and uh really likes her and wants to date her and always doing some like awful like public things to try to get her to like him Uh and everything professing his love in front of everybody and embarrassing her and uh, and then she, Annalie Tipton is really in love with Steve Carell and like is, uh, uh, has gotten to the point, uh, where she's taken nude pictures of herself and wants to send them to him and mm-hmm. everything. Um, and, um, <laughs> so like there's just all these different things going on and Carell and the, it's great seeing Carell trying to get back with Julianne Moore. Well, they're not trying to get back. There's no, there's no goal. Like let's get back together. 
it's just the it's it's beautiful watching these two people who are separated by this one incident that has happened they obviously want to get back but they don't know what the method by which to get back to it and they still talk to each other very you know respectfully Hmm. while this whole thing is going on uh yes he is upset that she did this but there's still a there's a scene where he's uh outside now i guess he's kind of stalking her there are some a couple of problematic (laughs) things about this movie uh not that's not one the one that's really problematic is the is the girl in the nude pictures and everything uh but uh there's a scene where he's outside their old house and he he uh she calls him while he's out there like looking at her Mm. and he doesn't he didn't expect that she calls him she's in the kitchen and she says oh i just called because i'm down here in the basement and i don't know how to get this pilot lit and everything and he's sitting there watching her like in the kitchen obviously lying about this Mm -hmm. but it's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful lie you know um and uh just it the the scene that really made me just go wow just really just loving this movie there's a point gosling has hit on emma stone before emma stone obviously gets um uh, a point where she's uh, at her job and Josh Groban has this big party and like I have a big announcement and everything and it's it's about making her a partner at the firm and Ooh. not the not the marriage proposal. Ooh. So she runs out of that thing, goes straight to the bar where of course Gosling is, and and she goes, you know, you wanna you wanna uh, you wanted to have sex with me before, you want to do this tonight? And <laughs> he's kind of like, eh, okay. And she steals <laughs> she steals him from another girl that he was trying to. <laughs> <laughs> and they go back to the house, and and uh, and and uh, Emma Stone obviously isn't like really wanting to do this, but they have this great conversation. It is, yeah. And uh, and uh, and she's like, she's like, I am here to bang. <laughs> the hot guy at the bar and, and he goes do people still say bang it's like yeah people still say i say bang or whatever and um but there's a point where there's like where where they're building up to this whole like you know relationship between stone and gosling where i don't know something magical about the way he he they do that dirty dancing thing yep and she jumps into his arms and there, i don't know if there's ever been this is one of the sexiest like not sex like movie where they're not having sex scenes i've ever seen because he like brings her down in this slow manner and she's Mm. got this like look on her face like i finally found the dude that i really like and Mm -hmm. everything and they have this just it's just a conversation yeah uh i don't want to say much more about crazy stupid love because there are some surprises and everything in this but uh if you haven't seen it it's a movie that just came and went. It, they play it on HBO all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would I would highly recommend this movie because it's just something that just comes out of nowhere. It's one of those that I think is I'm I was surprised too later. I was expecting this to be like maybe a six point seven, six point eight on the IMDb. It's a seven point four on the IMDb. So yeah, other people are finding re- it. Do you remember who directed it? Uh I always get it confused with that Kirsten Dunst movie, Crazy Beautiful. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Like, I've no, always no, no. got yeah, those yeah. two confused. No, um, Crazy Stupid Love is a whole different genre, basically, because it's so stuff full of different characters and arcs. It's almost Love Actually-ish, but a little bit. Well, that means nothing that. to me. No, <clears throat> this is a this is a team. Uh, Glenn Ficarra and John Requa both directed huh. this. Uh, the... 
the uh glenn Ficara has uh some episodes of this is us on his resume whiskey tango foxtrot which i liked okay i liked it focus is another movie he did mm. and uh, i love you philip morris which is a great movie i like yeah. that movie a lot uh john requa was probably going to be on the same movies but i'm going to check um because usually these teams they're going to be on the same yeah they're on all the same stuff so uh but yeah it's uh it's just one of those movies it's got a lot of like it's got a lot of stuff you're gonna be like oh come on yeah yeah and like <laughs> and just and and there's a big farcical frazier like scene in the like towards the two-thirds of the mm-hmm. in two-thirds of the movie where just like you're like come on come yep, on yep, yep. but it's still fun it is and it's still great and uh i don't think this movie gets enough uh, uh enough publicity so i'm gonna i'm gonna tell everybody to watch it i like it i like it we're so going good. a little populist for our uh, second one i rewatched a movie 2010 movie by james mangold directed by him Ooh. starring cameron diaz and tom cruise called night and day oh yeah i remember this i remember this I've i remember not liking this movie it's not it's watchable as hell it's watchable as hell i just watched i watched i'll tell you how much i liked it it was on not fxm but it was on one of the 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 movie channels without um commercials and but it was also playing right afterwards so i came into this movie like 15 minutes in and i watched it all the way through enjoyed it so much that i watched the first 15 minutes of it after it it came on again Mm -hmm. this movie is fun as fuck it's one of those adventure comedy screwball love story things that you don't see very often this is what the tourist remember i talked about the tourist with uh, angelina yeah. jolie and johnny depp this is what that wanted to be mm-hmm. um but it's done much better what i remember working really well was tom cruise well tom cruise basically but at least for half the movie or more cameron diaz doesn't know what the fuck is going on no yes and he's just Most constantly saving her ass and killing fools yes. left it but not really ever explaining things to no her. no no he's a super agent so he meets her on the plane and and stuff like that and they talk and she sees him take out this entire plane and actually land it and crash and stuff like that and what this movie does several times is they'll get into like an impossible situation and he will drug her or vice versa and they'll just skip how they got out of that impossible situation. Yeah. It'll be like they'll come to for a little bit and you'll hear like a bunch of stuff going on. And like you'll see Tom Cruise's face coming to, to Cameron Diaz's field of vision. And he's like, OK, you ready? And they're jumping out of a plane <laughs> and then she'll pass out again and then she'll wake up somewhere else. And it's a it's a crutch, but it's done really well in this movie. There's one single scene in this because Tom Cruise is a super manic, super competent spy. Uh, but he's also hilarious. So when he first meets her and he's got to track her down, she's on uh, a highway and she's steering this car that's out of control. And he's like, I will get to you. So he's jumping on cars. He's jumping over overpasses and stuff like that. Finally gets right next to her on a car and is about to jump onto that car. And he jumps and there's a semi truck that just pulls right in there and smacks on the side. It's <laughs> fucking great because you don't expect that yeah. kind of shit. Uh, this movie is full of that kind of thing. It's got a really good cast. Peter Skarsgård. Peter Sarsgaard is in it uh, as his partner, his former partner. Viola Davis is in there. Sudden Paul Dano is in this uh, as the uh, the kind of like uh, uh, code 
cracker breaker guy. Buffy's boyfriend is in this too, right? Yeah, Mark, Mark Lucas. Yeah, Mark Lucas. Uh, he's the uh, he's the uh, firefighter that Cameron Diaz was supposed to marry, and so Tom Cruise gets in there. And he's like, "Boy, I've been looking for you all day," and he's talking up Mark Lucas because he's trying to make him feel good and everything. And he's like, "The only way that I can get the Cameron Diaz character out of here is to kidnap her and have the cameras look like I, you know, she's going against her will." And so he he's got the gun and he's like, everybody back off and all that stuff. And a waiter like approaches him just accidentally from the back and he turns around and just kicks the fuck out of him. <laughs> and he's like, sorry, sorry. Instincts took over. Sorry. You okay? Sorry. Okay. And then uh, he, he backs out. This it's, totally, great. it's totally so way fun. different than most anything else he's done. Uh-huh. Most of most of Mangold's stuff has a more dramatic bent. Yeah. I did see a funny headline. I did not read the article. Can't speak to the specifics. But the the, the main headline was James Mangold responds to Martin Scorsese's MCU comments. Mm. And the sub headline was and explains why he didn't. Scorsese wasn't meaning films like Logan. Ah. So <laughs> it made it sound. I didn't read the article, but it made it sound like Mangold said, well, he wasn't talking about yeah, my yeah, he's hedging film. His <laughs> I am also very much looking forward to Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, me too. I'm starting to get pumped. And Mark, that- Blu- I'm sorry. Mark Lucas is the guy who plays the fake Fred in Jay and Silent Bob mm-hmm. Strike Back, right? Yes. Which I thought that I, I didn't realize that he was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer and played, I guess, Buffy's boyfriend uh-huh. in there. Uh, but that's an interesting casting that Kevin Smith did there, right? Because Sarah Michelle Geller was, was in Scooby Doo. Uh, yeah, that's, that's right. true. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I'm wondering if that's the reason why he cast him as Fred in that. Well, it was, wasn't really Fred because they couldn't use those names. Right, right. Mark Lucas is also in a movie I'm sure you've watched a dozen times: Summer Catch. Oh, <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. pitches a, a no hitter on like the last night of whatever triple A ball or whatever the fuck it is when he's not you know swimming with Jessica Biel. Yep, and and Mark Lucas in that movie really really likes heavy girls and he, to the point where he has written a poem and stands up in a bar and reads this ode to heavy girls. <laughs> he's in some random shit, man. You'll like, yes. look up and like I, this movie, Camera Diaz, <laughs> fucking Tom Cruise, and then all of a sudden it's Mark Lucas with a mustache. I'm like, yeah. all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For a long time, I knew that guy as not Angel. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's time to talk about better help. Oh yeah, Ooh, baby. Better help. This uh, this is good stuff. This is such good stuff that it got me off my butt. It got me off of my butt by not getting me off of my butt. And uh, I'll explain mm-hmm. because it's hard to get off your butt. It's hard in the best of circumstances to get off your butt and go to the doctor or go to the dentist or go you know to any sort of checkup or anything like that. It's even harder if you're dealing with a mental health issue, especially something like depression, where you really want to stay in, you want to be isolated, that kind of thing. That first step is almost impossible. It seems like it at the time. And so having something like a kind of mobile counseling area online, like BetterHelp, makes that hurdle so much less insurmountable. Mm. surmountable i guess more more surmountable uh because all you all you do is you go to a website and they kind of take care of all the work for you they they match you up with a counselor they ask you what your needs are they say you know what's going on with you these days they use a very standardized uh, questionnaire to go through depression symptoms they use a very standardized anxiety thing on and on and on and on they go <clears throat> but it doesn't seem like you're filling out surveys all day to sign up for this uh, it's very user friendly. Once you get done with that, they get back with you, match you with a counselor, and then you kind of 
take the reins from there. Like you basically say, here's what I want to work on. Here's how often I'm available. And, you know, let's start and then see where this goes. Hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. I, uh, my second book in the Able series, I talked about mental health. My main mm-hmm. character was casually dropping on oh, my therapist says this, or I'm on this medication. And the third book, which I'm writing right now, I'm actually writ- written two full therapy sessions as chapters. Oh, wow. Um, and I'm going to have professionals look over them just so I make sure, because I'm not a therapist. Mm. I've been through therapy and I'm sort of mirroring in these chapters what I've been through. Um, but all I'm really trying to do with all that is just normalize it and help people realize how, how much it can help. And yeah. I know I've heard a lot of, a lot of people tell me what their hurdles are. Um, a friend of mine lives way out in the middle of nowhere and have to drive two or three hours to get, you know, mental health care. Well, mm. better help. You don't have to drive anywhere. Um, some people, like you said, are fear of the public, fear of new spaces, uh, you know, what have you. But this, you can do it with, in, from your comfort cave, from yeah. the spot that you're most comfortable, and you can take that first step, and that's just huge. Yeah, and they have a fear of, like, is this going to work out? Uh, does the therapist, Jonathan's actually mentioned this before, does the therapist have room for me? Mm. Do we have a good therapeutic relationship? Now, you've gone through, not to call you out, but you've sure. gone through a few different mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. just because they didn't work out one way or another, and you found somebody that, that is very, very helpful. BetterHelp offers that service. As a matter of fact, uh, with my counselor, she she will say like in almost every session like if you're not feeling this mm-hmm. you can switch and no hard feelings whatsoever and I I have to say like no I love you you know yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fine yeah in a, in a completely therapeutic way just uh, no everything's good but you can because they want you to be as comfortable and as uh, progressive as you can be well and therapists are people they have yeah. personalities and they have uh, different trainings and schools of thought and so you know it's not. It's not always easy first time out to find somebody that you click with perfectly, but I love that BetterHelp is set up to help you try a different therapist and see if you click more with yeah. them. Um, and uh, we have a link that we you do. guys can go to. Yeah, so go to BetterHelp.com. So that's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P, BetterHelp.com, and go to slash SINCAST at the end of that URL, SINCAST, and you get 10% off your first month. That is not nothing, trust me. Uh, this is a very, very, very affordable service. So don't let that be an impediment. I know that's another hurdle that people face yep. all the time. Yep. One that I used to face all the time. I didn't have insurance, didn't have good insurance, that kind of thing. Talk to them about it. Uh, you know, share your experience with other people if you, if you feel comfortable with that. We've had an excellent experience with this. We've heard from a lot of people that have had a, a good experience with it. So this is something that we really, really want to get out there. Betterhelp.com slash Sincast. Uh, do it, do it, do it. If you need it, do it, do it, do it. Okay. So we're going to get to our main topic. Um, we, uh, so, so, uh, last time we did the Stephen King thing on uh-huh. the week of, uh, for Dr. Sleep and everything this week, although it will, this movie will also have been out by the time that we, uh, this comes out, but, uh, we're going to do, uh, Elizabeth Banks who directed the new Charlie's angels. Yeah. Movie. Uh, and, uh, take a look at a lot of her acting career. Obviously she's directed a couple of things. Pitch Perfect 2 was one mm-hmm. for sure. Did she do the third one? She did she, the third one. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And uh, she's also in the Charlie's Angels as well as directing. Yes. She's acting in it. Yes. Uh, and, and in Pitch Perfect 2 and 3, she, re- she did the, uh, the same role as she did in the first Pitch Perfect. Actually, she did not direct the Pitch Perfect 3. That was Trish C. Yeah. I, I thought, I thought that she, she had, produced it. I, think. I thought that she had, uh, uh, decided not to do that one or whatever. whatever DJ Catlett. Um, <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> DJ. Cal- oh my god. Um. So yeah, let's go over some of the stuff that she's been in. Uh, I- I've never seen the uh Samuel. Is it the Samuel Jack? It's the same. Of course, it's the Samuel Jackson show. <laughs> uh, I have never seen that one. I didn't do the Sims video for it or anything. But she's Mackay Pfeiffer's friend in in that one. Yeah, Mackay Pfeiffer gets killed at the very beginning of Shaft. Uh, the two thousand. It's two thousand, I think. Yeah, it's two thousand. And uh, Christian Bale kills him. Right. <laughs> and Elizabeth Banks is the friend of uh, Mackay Pfeiffer, who you see in flashbacks and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Very small part. Uh, but, uh, yeah, she's yeah, in there. There's no movie. There's no Mackay Pfeiffer. There is no Mackay Pfeiffer after that point in this Shaft. This is my life. Shaft is, is bad. And I didn't see the, the, the one that came out this year. Uh, but it, it was surprisingly watchable. Like the, uh, Jeffrey Wright plays a mm. really good villain in this. Mm. So. This is where, uh, no, Jeffrey Wright had risen to fame in some indie Oscar nominated thing. The Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was aware of this was really the first time I ever like saw him. And I think we've even mentioned this because he has that scene at the end where he's walking down the street and he just stabs himself (laughs) in the chest with that little knife like 30 times. And it's just it's the weirdest flex. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Like, this is this doesn't hurt me. What can you do to me? But it was he's very engaging. Christian Bale. Maybe one of the last times. Well, no, he played Cheney. I was going to say he doesn't play a villain very much after this, but training yeah um but yeah it's glossy mm-hmm. it's slick forgettable but yeah. watchable yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 uh then uh a movie i've seen a couple of times wait hot wet bleh, wait hot <laughs> uh wet hot american summer uh she plays the girl that paul rudd makes out with uh throughout the the movie uh paul rudd is dating the marguerite moreau character mm. and then and then uh then he just sort of meanders his way over to elizabeth banks who is very very hot in this movie and she's hilarious she's hilarious and there's a part where like they're making out on a boat and paul rudd pulls away from her and he goes your breasts taste like a burger yeah. i'm done with this <laughs> <laughs> oh man that that movie has some of the like highest ratio of laughs per minute i think i've ever yes seen. yeah you can watch it like three times and find different spots to to laugh surprising to me that that movie is a little lower rated than i thought it would be on the imdb i think it's around a 6.5 or something like that which is uh weird for a a a movie that i think has found an audience over the years it didn't do anything when it came out in 2001 Mm -hmm. uh but now everybody can sort of like almost everybody knows what wet hot american summer is and they love that movie and they made two netflix shows out of yep. it and everything. it's a very specific type of humor and you'll see it in later uh movies that she's been in you know it's it's a very like children's hospital ken marino you know that yeah. tom lennon's the david the wayne the state yeah. yeah all that stuff is is a very specific brand of comedy that is right at my heartstrings yeah but yeah. i don't think it is at everybody it isn't uh i don't know what yeah i don't know what the deal is yeah. with that that feel i feel like david wayne's one of those guys that doesn't get nearly enough credit yep, yep. he has made some shit in his yes. life but i mean that's what happens you know mm-hmm. that's gonna happen from time to time mm-hmm. but that movie's funny as fuck oh, and yeah. it's got so many so many people who became big later bradley cooper's in mm-hmm. it uh michael ian black um who else we got paul rudd obviously the um amy poehler amy poehler janine garofalo who had already been sort of big by that point um uh david hyde pierce yeah um, that's right uh but yeah it's just it's one of those 
uh, wow, I've seen all these people a bunch. Uh, and Ace John Benjamin, who everybody knows from Archer now. He's the uh, can of uh, tomatoes or yeah, whatever yeah, it yeah. is. Um, <laughs> I can now suck my own dick. <laughs> uh, Molly Shannon is in this, too. Oh, yeah, Molly Shannon. Uh, Jolo Trulio, who has had a sneaky great yeah, career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who most people know from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, uh, or now, super bad, I guess. Yeah, super bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's he's so hilarious. Oh, that's the guy who's like, I know what party is. Yeah, Let's go to the party. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Everybody cool. He's, yeah, all right. He's the guy also in uh, I Love You, Man, who's uh, one of the people trying out to be a friend for Paul Rudd, <laughs> yeah. and uh, they and he takes him to uh, he takes him to some uh, L.A. Is it the Galaxy? I don't know if it's oh it, yeah, the yeah, soccer. Yeah, 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 yeah. He takes him to a soccer <laughs> game. He's like he, he's really super pumped up about this mls soccer and everything and like they he finally gets him to go to a game and he's like oh my god what did i tell you man right here right here this is awesome this is awesome (laughs) (laughs) oh jesus christ um then yeah she's in spider-man one through three jameson's desk gal and that forgotten that by the way did you remember that no because she's got black hair in those movies yeah yeah, yeah. and well, I don't like people with black hair, so I don't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You've um, always been that way. Yeah, I didn't. I, I don't think I ever recognized her until maybe after the second one came out, and I was like, oh, uh, yeah, uh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I only remember her really in maybe the first one because that he—that's when he's trying to get the pictures in the paper and she says something to him i can't remember at some point they develop almost like a flirtatious relationship yeah and it may have been the second one where that starts but even in the first one she's kind of giving him some side looks um so yeah uh just minor sort of like you know flirtatious couple yeah. scenes in those movies uh swept away which i've never seen that's that guy richie madonna of, uh, <laughs> and i will never see it yeah you've never seen it i know and why would i uh you know i was promised the madonna and erotic locales and stuff like that so maybe you get it i don't know this is this is a classic example of we fell in love and decided to do a project together yeah no matter how little sense it made yeah i mean it's terrible it is objectively terrible it's well shot and it's pretty uh like atmosphere and stuff like that madonna is very pretty they make out on the beach there's waves they're swept away elizabeth banks plays like a minor character in there and sudden uh gene triplehorn is in this hmm. and bruce greenwood president hmm. bruce greenwood i know i think he's like a uh like a like a ship ship guy captain. it's really amazing that bruce greenwood has so many uh how so much time to play in these roles when he's the president i know yeah, seriously. he's the president of every universe he's got mm-hmm. important things to do yeah. he does stop he acting does. and go president mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um catch me if you can i remember her as the one of the girls many girls that frank abagnale the leonardo dicaprio character uh like she's, either beds down i'm pretty sure she's the bank teller he does the necklace trick to yes the first time he does that is this yours himself that's what it is and she has this really genuine like yes. uh like <laughs> like <Yes. laughs> like uh yeah. it's in the trailer i think even uh it, it's 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 memorable just because of her reaction to that trick and everything but that's really her only scene in it that. is yeah the movie's full of girls that would be more famous later in small roles jennifer yeah. garner ellen pompeo amy adams, amy adams. Yeah. yeah that's crazy man yeah jennifer garner has a whole like she's a she's like a high-priced hooker yeah 
yeah, yeah. in it and has this one long scene where she's like seducing him and yep. he keeps that throwing a number out there and she keeps throwing like money or something at him. <laughs> she says go fish she's go, got a deck, yeah, of cards. deck of cards <laughs> and then in the morning he's like this is the best date i've ever had <laughs> <laughs> yeah i want to watch that movie again right catch now. me if you can it's, it's so, so good, good. <laughs> catch me if you can is one of the best uh sea biscuit uh <laughs> oh wow she's like in isn't her and toby again yeah it's her and toby but uh it's it's is she a love interest in this? Yeah, I believe so. Um, I haven't seen Sea Biscuit since no, it came She out. is, I think, the daughter of Jeff Bridges. She is in that. Well, whoever's uh, this movie and Secretariat and all of the modern horse movies completely run together for me. Chris she, Cooper's in one of them. He's in this one, uh, right? Yeah, he's in this one. This one has the best cast. It's Jeff Bridges, uh, Chris Cooper, William H Macy, and uh, and Toby. And he's Elizabeth. blind in one eye. <laughs> <laughs> I think Seabiscuit is head and shoulders above all the other horse movies. It's still a horse movie. Yeah, it's a Gary Ross who did Pleasantville who did this one. Yes. I well, he liked working Pleasantville with Toby. Huh? Recently. Hmm? He liked working with Toby. Huh? He did. He did. Uh, the Trade. I have never seen this. Ooh. Do you, anybody, any, you guys know about nope, anything about nope. it? Sounds uh, stock markety. <laughs> it is. Um, yes, it is about stock markets. It's 2003. Uh, it's either that or it's a baseball movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sequel to uh that kevin costner bullshit there's the sequel to that albert brooks the scout <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes the trade uh an up-and-coming trader must choose between the seduction of wall street and a return home to the woman and family he loves mm-hmm. uh it's got uh eddie mills james reborn and that's that's it um, um it sounds like there's a reason we've never seen it yeah sexual life what? Yeah, I never seen this one either. But this is the guy who did. He's just not that into you. Oh yeah, Ken Quapi. But yeah. what's the rating? Because um, if this if a movie called Sexual Life is rated PG thirteen, you screwed up. Oh, uh, it's rating? it's R rated. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. I might watch it later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's got sudden Tom Everett Scott in it. Hey, okay. So everybody's sudden by okay. the way. <laughs> no, you want to know? So, okay, I've I have only recently learned. Uh, my wife is part of the problem with these Hallmark Christmas movies. Okay. She watches them like crazy. And I asked her, why do you watch these? And she says, because it looks pretty. Yeah. It makes me think of Christmas, but it's so simple. I don't have to pay any attention to it. I can Pinterest or read a magazine while it's on. Makes perfect sense, right? Mm -hmm. She's watching one of these the other day. Fucking Tom Everett Scott is the male interest. Dude, he is the perfect Hallmark Christmas Well, he is, but that's a shame because he (laughs) was great in that thing you do. And he was in La La Land three years ago. That's true. And now he's doing Hallmark Christmas movies? Yeah. Made me sad. It's top line. Top line talent right Even though, I'm sure like the girl acting opposite, who's the lead of the film, is probably like, I'm acting opposite that guy. That thing you do, oh my God. (laughs) If you ever want to have some very hearty chuckles for a while, go to the IMDb and go to the reason why the movie is rated the way it is and click on those reasons because people have put in their reasons for what that what so like this movie sexual life where it says sex and nudity it says mild next to it Mm. so you click on sex and nudity mild and then there's all these descriptions so for instance here are some for sexual life i can't wait lots of sex a few guys butts and a very brief glimpses of a few girls butts one stripper dances with fully nude and is shown front and back from a distance then much of the movie surrounds prostitution and is very explicit about multiple characters hiring prostitutes discussing their sexual acts with prostitutes and the quality 
<laughs> One character's erect nipples are prominently visible through her shirt in many scenes. Through her shirt? Now we're talking about, you switched to talking about friends somehow. I know. I know. A man discusses his marriage to another man. That's it. Oh, my God. It's a sex and nudity portion. I have never even explored that section. I have found you? I found this about no. I found this about a week ago because you talked about wrong turn. <laughs> and I went through the wrong. I was going through all these wrong turns. And I was like, damn, all these are like super rated R for some reason. And it said sex and nudity is very strong or whatever. I was like, well, oh, OK. I didn't even know it was clickable. I just thought it said, I, I just thought it just told you how bad it was. Yeah. But you can click on it and it tells you like, yes, there's a scene where a girl right. goes to a river and she takes her clothes off. And then awesome. you're like, oh, okay, it tells me everything she I need. She penetrates to know. her guy with her erect nipples. Right. That's amazing. Through erect her nipples. Who calls them erect? Who calls nipples erect? <laughs> <laughs> Give me a break. These assholes do. Oh um, my god. That is great. Uh, a movie called Heights that Barrett uh, thinks that maybe I've seen, but I have not seen this. This is interesting. It's a, well, it's it's a New York like Heights type of thing, not the Heights that uh, Lin Manuel. The, uh, uh, no, not the Lin Manuel. It was also a short-lived Fox TV show too. Mm. You don't remember the Heights? Isn't How that do like you an, talk to an angel? I thought, that was that, I thought that was an MTV show, The Hills. No, it was the Heights. A, the Heights and the Hills. <laughs> the cast of the of, of Heights, not the Heights. Uh, it's Merchant Ivory, by the way. It's Glenn Close, Elizabeth Banks, uh, who plays her daughter, James Marsden, uh, Rufus Wainwright, Dennis O'Hare. Uh, so it's got some good people in there. Tom Lennon is in there. Jim Parsons. Hmm. Okay, right. I don't know this one either. Uh, and then the Sisters. I don't know this one. It's inspired by Anton Chekhov's play, Three Sisters. Oh. <laughs> uh, and then a movie I've heard of, but I've never seen, called The Baxter. Now, this one is right up your alley. This is a discount Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, yeah. Michael Showalter. It's got everybody from that. It's also got Michelle Williams, Justin Thoreau, uh, Michael Ian Black. Peter Dinklage is like her wedding planner or something like that. Paul Rudd is in this one as like a spurned lover. Uh, Joe Lotrulio is in this too. I want to see this now. Uh, Ken Marino. It's about, so a guy who is a Baxter is like the cooler. So I think it's Ken Marino. You know, Michael Showalter is the Baxter. He's a guy that women leave to get with the quote leading man. You know what? There's a possibility. I saw this late night on cable once or something because it's so familiar to me, but I don't remember much about it. Well, that's what he fears. He's together with Michelle Williams, but he really loves Elizabeth Banks. But he thinks Michelle Williams is going to leave him for Justin Thoreau. Which she would. She should, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's kind of like the whole shenanigans that happen. This movie is funny. It's not nearly as funny as it should be, though. Mm. Uh, everybody is is doing their thing. It's like, uh, it's a much better version of that thing, the, the road trip one that I was talking to you about the other day, the uh, Thomas Middleditch and... Uh, T.J. Miller yeah, and all oh, yeah, those uh, It's everybody's set up for for greatness here, and it's funny, but it's not like top level funny. Hmm. All right, uh, the forty year old virgin where she plays the uh, that uh, chick that works in the store, horny bookstore. Yeah, that Carell goes up to and and Rogan, <laughs> Seth Rogen tells him to go up and act like David Caruso from Jade. <laughs> 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 and just ask questions and never answer them. There's a, it's funny, the, the, the 40-year-old virgin, Rogan telling Carell what to do here, 
mirrors a lot of what Carell does in Crazy Stupid Love yeah. later with Marissa Tomei. Yeah. Uh, trying to do that. Like when they tell you something simple to like, like in, uh, in Crazy Stupid Love, Gosling tells Carell, don't talk about yourself. And so he goes up to Tomei and, and starts talking to her and she goes, Oh, what do you do? And he goes, Nope. <laughs> what what do you do and she, and she goes she goes are you really not gonna tell me and he's like okay well i'm a teacher boring <laughs> just takes the takes the oh, advice but this actually in this one it works because he keeps she keeps on like, is there anything i can help you with he goes i don't know is there something that <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and uh and just keeps asking her questions and then yeah actually gets her all the way back to her apartment at that some point it's up like one of the funniest scenes in the movie it really. is but it's like way later in the movie like he mm-hmm. talks to her in the bookstore and then he's dating what's her name for a good weeks whatever how many, many dates where they're not doing it then they have their fight thing and that's where he ends up going back to yeah, his yeah, yeah. and she's a freak yeah she and is broken is digging it gets <laughs> gets in the gets in the tub and starts doing all this crazy shit and like uh rogan like everybody leaves <laughs> rogan goes in and uh and, <laughs> and she doesn't bat it up yeah, he goes, hey, like, she's like hey, hey. Yeah. and then romany malco <laughs> later is like uh is like yeah i i hit that like, three months ago <laughs> It's funny because like she's got a very memorable uh, place in this movie, but I get her confused with Leslie Mann, who also yeah. has a very Let's get memorable some fucking thing. French toast. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hope I get my period soon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're blowing to this for me. <laughs> yeah, Leslie Mann has has just the big, awesome, like one one off scene. Yes, yep. and, yes, and then yeah, Banks has like uh, yeah the couple. Yeah, that oh, of the Apatow movies. By the way, I've I've started to really really like probably because I've moved towards forty, but I've really started to like this is forty a lot better. Mm-hmm. But of the Apatow like run there in the mid two thousands to late two thousands, I think Forty Year Old Virgin is is the rewatchableist. Mm-hmm. That and Knocked Up, I could watch either one of those any day of the week. I, I'm getting a little burned out and Knocked Up. I think I've seen it too many times, but I I, I think I can go back to Forty Year Old Virgin every time and still find a laugh. But mm. I, I hear what you're saying. What I like is watching Jason Siegel like have range when you go back and look because it didn't look like he did. <laughs> but the character he plays in I Love You Man yeah. and the character he plays in Knocked Up and then the, he's the goofy romantic lead in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Mm-hmm. He's got comedic range, baby. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Daltrey Calhoun. I have think I've heard the name. I don't know if I knew it was a movie or not. But- Daltrey Calhoun. So this is a, uh, this is a really backwoods type of depiction of like this scuzzy uh salesman johnny knoxville plays mm-hmm. and she plays his girlfriend or something like that i saw like a two second amount of this one time and it was not good Ooh. uh slither which is uh I, this is a movie i need to see again i i i really loved it when i watched it this is james gunn yeah yeah, yeah. uh and uh and it's a it's a you know it's a b-movie creature feature with nathan fillion but it's comic and you know it's com- comedy horror yeah. type of thing and it's one of those movies where like one of the selling points is that you see this big snaky thing go into a, a tub with this naked woman like you know mm-hmm. and, uh, bathing in the tub or whatever and it's like that was the big selling point like ooh, what's gonna that's happen the, that's supposed to right there you've seen this right yeah i saw it once i like you guys i need to see it again but i remember enjoying it yeah i would love to watch this movie again some at some point but um 
but yeah, I need to see it again. It's just I've, it's not been available to me. It's one of those. I, That's I, true. It's not like I, I, after this, I'll just have to order it and just get it. Um, but uh, I remember Slither being really fun. Cool. I got to check it out. Uh, Jeremy has already uh, extolled the virtues of Invincible. <laughs> she's uh, hardly in that movie, by the way. Yeah. And it's just she's got like five scenes. This came out around the same time, around the same time as Shooter, right? Sure. The uh, Marky Mark, Kate Mara uh, mm-hmm. movie where mm-hmm. he's an ex-assassin. That would eventually like that. become a Ryan Phillippe TV show? Yes. So I always get Kate Mara confused with Elizabeth Banks in Invincible because Kate Mara is the descendant of the guy who owns oh, the, yeah. the Giants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because um, she was acting with Marky Mark in the other movie, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, then there's a uh, Meet Bill, which I've never seen. I've seen some of this. This is a a, a you finding on stars at like ten o'clock at night. Type Sounds of. A little about is that Aaron Eckhart? It's Aaron Eckhart, and he is uh, he's like a down on his luck dude, uh, and it's got a really really good uh cast like his he's he accidentally is himself into jail and like his brother has to bail him out and all that stuff and he's he's uh, very much like uh steve carell in the where he's laying on the pancakes what is the uh that movie uh dan oh, in real, dan life. real life. very much like that so it's got aaron eckhart jessica alba elizabeth banks uh logan lerman is the kid uh timothy oliphant is in here craig bierko is his brother great cast. and Kristen wig and jason sudeikis it's a really good ah, cast. it's a good cast yeah um then uh, a movie i remember being so awful uh fred claus oh jesus um uh i don't remember if she i guess she might have been an elf or something in she this. is the hot elf yes. she's the hot elf okay this paul giamatti paul giamatti yeah, and vince like- vaughn and vince vaughn is like the older brother and he needs to go and help him <laughs> for money or something like that and uh and uh yeah it's uh i remember this just being just I could be wrong about how I'm remembering this, but I just remember it being ugly and nasty and just like, yes, is that, is that right? Yes. And, uh, the bad guy, Kevin Spacey. Oh, really? He's the efficiency expert that goes up to like clean up the North pole and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he wants to lose the Fred who's the brother of the, the claws and the Giamatti's and there's hot elves and yeah, it's just, it's just gross humor and it's not good. It's not funny. It's PG. I mean, I don't think there's, I don't know if there's, I mean, I just, I don't know. I just remember watching this going. Yeah. I don't think anybody's like shitting on each other. Or anything no, no, like no. It's, it's not like, nothing like that. Yeah. 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 Feels like just, Vince Vaughn was trying for a holiday hit though, because he did that four Christmases movie. Yeah. That four Christmases was just uh, that's the, like too. cringy. Yeah. <clears throat> four yeah. Christmases. This, it, the it, breakup, like he had a real weird it's, run. There. It's possible. I'm thinking of four Christmases as the ugliness, but I don't know. There was, it, it was one of these holiday movies where I think, he, I don't know. Fred Claus, I remember some reason being just nasty for some reason. And it's not because of. No, blame. no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just that the hatred and the yeah, anger yeah, yeah. and all that. But maybe it's. Maybe well, I'm, there was a lot of that in Four Christmases, too. Maybe that's what it was. Because Robert Duvall just fucking hates. He's Vince Vaughn's dad. And John Favreau is his other kid, of course. And they fucking, like, just put him through the ringer. And it's just. Eh, it's just a cringy movie. I don't mm-hmm. like it. Hmm. So it could be just a you know mixture of those movies that are going through my head, but I don't. I I did see Fred Claus, and I remember it not being good. You know what's funny is that in this movie, it just came to me the uh, the hot elf, the Elizabeth Banks character, uh, hooks up with John Michael Higgins, who's also I think an elf, mm-hmm. and they're the uh, the the stage announcers for Pitch Perfect. Oh, so it's like an early 
sowing the seeds. I see. I see. Um, uh, then definitely maybe this is a movie that I I uh, I ca- I've, I've seen it before, but it, I caught it on uh, cable maybe six seven months ago uh-huh. somewhere around there, and I'd forgotten this movie's really good. Yeah. Um, I really 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 like this. I need to watch it all the way through again, but um is ryan, she one of the the she's one of the women. women so ryan ryan reynolds uh has a daughter abigail breslin and she's asking which one of these people which one of these stories he tells is her mom mm. uh, i think uh i think the idea is that she knows who her mom is obviously but he tells three different stories of three different women and and she's trying to guess which one is her is the mom. Which one did he meet and fall in love it's with? It's definitely maybe the second story. It's <laughs> true. That's very true. What a terrible title. Uh, but uh, Elizabeth Banks, Isla Fisher, and Rachel Vice are all are the three women. Uh, and he tells different stories, and each one of them, you you're like, oh yeah, definitely, probably that one or whatever. And then by the end of it, obviously they tell you. Uh, they couldn't have just called it how i met your mother yeah yeah exactly and it did come out at the height of uh how i met your mother um but um but yeah i remember this being really really good this is ryan reynolds not doing van wilder and nice stuff like that and uh um yeah hi- highly recommend it mm-hmm. uh <laughs> alternatively mm-hmm. meet dave so we uh, went from meet bill to meet dave Oh, did I see this? I'm not trying to figure it. Oh, oh that's awful. the Eddie Murphy. Yeah, he's an alien. Yeah. He's an alien made up of smaller aliens. Oh, I don't think I yeah. saw this. It's stupid. It's Norbit. So... No. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Robbins of Varsity Blues. Yeah. Pluto Nash. This. Uh, he Pluto, did. If, I think he lump did. them all in there. Man. I think Brian Robbins did do Norbit though. Um. <laughs> I don't. I, he he's done a lot of these shitty type of movies. Uh, yeah, Norbit. He did Norbit. Mm. He did the Perfect Score, and mm. he did uh, Varsity Blues is still his most popular. And he did Hardball. Hardball. Mm. That's pretty good. Did decent uh, Keanu paint by numbers. I don't think I ever saw that one. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a gambling addict, and he ends up oh. like court sentenced to coach a inner city little league team. Yeah, I do um, remember that. It's, it's it's watchable. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, lovely still. <laughs> lovely. No idea. Still. Yeah. This is a uh 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 a Christmas movie. Yeah. Of course it is. No, this is a Christmas movie with a. Oh no no I know what this is. Martin Landau. It's, it's one of them old people uh knock the boogies. Oh yeah. They're uh uh Martin Landau. Did you is, just do a Kid Rock reference? Knocking the boogies. Is that, is that in Bawadaba? Up, up, up jump the boogies. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and knocking the boogies doesn't mean okay. anything. Okay. <laughs> Ellen Burstyn is, it's like a 51st dates thing. I'll, I'll spoil it. Uh, he has dementia, but like, it, when when he, we introduced him to the movie, like he's experiencing all these things for the first time. Elizabeth Banks is like his da- his daughter, I think, or a young woman trying to help them uh, fall in love, him and Ellen Burstyn. And then the other guy is Adam Scott. Uh, that uh, is, plays a role in this too, mm-hmm. hmm. and they have to do this like every day or something like that to ease his dementia. You don't find that out until the end. Uh, okay, uh, she's in W, the Oliver Stone, uh, George W. She plays Laura Bush, right? She does. She does. Um, she plays. She plays Bush's wife. I uh, Bushy. I I I saw this, but uh, is I don't remember this being very good. No, no I mean it's, it's a caricature. Yeah. Well, everybody is, because Cromwell's plan 
Bush Senior, mm-hmm. and um, I love Brolin. Brolin's Brolin's great in this movie while somehow still being annoyed. No, I mean there's there's very good stuff in here, and because it's Oliver Stone, you don't know really what to. Right. It, it it's like pick a fucking lane, like do a. I would watch Vice before I would watch W again. I think mm-hmm. because it's like if you're gonna do this and make it an obvious over the top uh, depiction, just do your your hit job and and let's be done with it. This is like so close to what actually happened to where it's like I can see your slant here. So what's actually real and what's hy- hyperbole? You know? Yeah. No, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Um. Uh, what was it? Bushy. Oh yeah. Um, Bushy. Yeah. Richard Dreyfus plays Dick Cheney in this. Mm-hmm. He already basically did that in American President. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he did. Uh, my name is Bob Rumson. Mm-hmm. I'm running for president. Uh, he was. I, I feel like Stone watched that movie and said, "You're Dick Cheney." <laughs> um, then Zach and Mary make a porno, and it's interesting. This might be the first movie that we've gotten across here where she's one of the leads yep. and has a real character. Yeah, no kidding. And and because because she is so gorgeous she's always playing like the the window dressing right mm-hmm. or like the girlfriend or the hot elf or whatever it is in this one in this one <laughs> in this one it's it's interesting because this is kevin smith directed yeah. This one, right? yeah it's interesting because she's still hot she's still gorgeous in this movie but her character is brought down to just scuzzy levels granny yeah. panties like barely affording shit like you know she's not even yeah. though she's traditionally attractive she ain't a catch they're in burning trash in a metal barrel in their apartment at one point in this yes. movie because their power's been cut up. I, I, I did not see this movie in the normal run of life. I came to this movie after Cinema Sins had started. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was like, well, this is a Kevin Smith movie I haven't seen. He was nice to us. Let me go watch it. First time I watched it. Okay. Yeah. Second time I watched it. I liked it a lot more. Mm. And now it's maybe my second favorite Kevin Smith movie. Mm. Wow. The thing that bugs me about this movie every time is is the shitty porn parody titles they come up I with. Agree. Yeah. I because agree. Because I feel like everyone involved with this movie should have been able to come up with better shitty porn parody titles in their sleep. Yep. yep. Um, Not to mention the shitty porn that happens in the movie. Yes. <laughs> That's more forgivable because these people are arguably stupid or don't know what they're doing. Well, yeah, because the whole thing is setting up a Star Wars parody, and then all of a sudden it turns to like a coffee store parody. Yeah, because they don't have any money. They have to shoot it after hours um, and all that. And yes, Zach and Miri are are platonic best friends, and they obviously never think about doing this type of, you know, going out together or anything like that. But this sort of forces it into into their... Uh, consciousness because mm-hmm. they have a scene together and everything and as it gets cl- closer and closer to that point uh where they're actually going to have to fuck on film and yep. everything like that uh they start realizing that hey you know i kind of have feelings for you and it's, this is weird it almost has heart mm-hmm. in that moment when because because first seth rogan starts putting it off well then yeah, let's yeah. do this other scene first yeah, yeah. and then when it finally happens I don't know how he did it, but Kevin Smith almost made like a magical romantic moment yeah. there where they're fucking for a porn film. But at, in the midst of that, 
at least she's realizing I actually like this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it takes Rogan a little bit longer to realize it, but it's just, it's kind of sweet. Yeah. Well, yeah. and everybody looking on is just kind of like smiling. Well, it's yeah. Funny, like the uh, towards the end where Craig Robinson is uh, uh, showing like here we got we got some great footage in here and they show all the different scenes and everything and it's like and then we had this boring shit. <laughs> and he shows him and her and in like it basically no like nudity yeah (laughs) and uh and everything and then you know basically basically saying that you know uh you know this you obviously like love each other Mm um but uh yeah it's one of those i i i watched this probably one of those thursday nights uh before it came out and i liked it okay uh and i thought it was perfectly fine there were certain things about it i think a lot of people have uh, glommed onto that justin long character mm-hmm. who plays a gay porn mm-hmm. actor and everything some of the stuff in there I, I just can't get on the on board with it just seems a little bit too much for me mm. um but i haven't seen it in a while so maybe i just need to watch it again it's enjoyable it's uh, no it's a uh, it's yeah, a good yeah, movie yeah, yeah um then we have role models which i love I, this is my fucking jam i love role models so much now she is again just kind of playing a girlfriend in this bit of a she, wet blanket yeah she has she has um i guess a little bit of importance towards towards the end but uh but but paul rudd and sean william scott are are doing this like you know this what are they the something core, wings. it's a core ordered yeah i just saw it the other day mended not mended wings but something like <laughs> well yeah, sturdy wings sturdy wings, wings. Sturdy yeah, yeah. wings. it's a uh <laughs> it's a court ordered mandate that they go and do this sturdy wings thing they have to take a kid under their wing and and uh you know take them out and do big brother type stuff and uh and yeah paul rudd is at the beginning of it he's in this relationship with elizabeth banks and he's he gets annoyed by the stupidest shit mm-hmm. they go into the coffee and he has a, a, a an argument about what the word venti means yeah. with and the cashier with the before cashier he has a fight with his girlfriend <laughs> yeah and uh and uh you know and then they break up and so a lot of this is you know they're hashing out their lives to get to you know to do they first they just doing this just to do the core word stuff Mm -hmm. but then they start sort of caring about the kids and everything sean william scott's got a guy who almost steals this whole movie and yeah there's a lot of thieves in this movie there is uh him um uh then there's um jane lynch jane lynch pretty much this is her movie fucking great. jane lynch is so funny in this when she oh shows him the video the orientation video and like on screen she's dancing and on the television she's moving to the right side of the television and goes out of frame <laughs> and then in real life she's behind the tv and she dances out behind her this is a peak jane lynch oh, really, oh really my funny. god you know you know what i used to have in the morning for breakfast cocaine <laughs> You know what I used to have for lunch after that? <laughs> Cocaine. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I don't think there's anything that Jane Lynch says in this that isn't funny as oh, fuck. It's the, it's the greatest. The bagel dog trick is just like, uh, like uh-huh. <laughs> And then Kim Marino at the end where the credits are going, like she'll push it out and she'll be like, hey, what do you think about that? And Kim yeah. Marino just like pushes it back in. She's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. But you have you have these like so yeah Rudd and William and, and William Scott are like they're just assholes for yes, most of this are. movie, and but they're they're the process of of you know and so Rudd's got Christopher Mintz Plus who is known as McLovin mostly, mm-hmm. 
uh, who is really into this uh, war. Uh, what is it? LARPing. Called? LARPing, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, and uh, he, he sort of, Rudd has to sort of feign this, you know, feign this uh, interest in it and everything. And then, you know, he doesn't really, he's not really getting into it until he has like these moments of clarity and everything. But, uh, I, man, I love role models so much. I love this I movie. Too um i don't know why hasn't I, I feel like it still hasn't been like uh anything that anybody like talks about mm -mm, mm -mm. no i'm and it may be like that david wayne thing again yeah it could it, be um the, like, there's a lot of state type of humor in there there's all the regulars the ken marino jolo trulio is in this yeah scene. uh ken jong is in this in a hilarious role mm -hmm. um yeah so but th this is just fucking right up my alley yeah mm -hmm. there's a and then i've uh, that part that i always love in there was william scott is uh having sex with that girl and he uh he walks around naked and then just like collapses naked in the middle of that camp <laughs> and uh and uh everybody wakes up and sees sees him just lying there and everything and wayne's got that line where he's like it's just a case of guy on the ground <laughs> <laughs> um then uh the uninvited which i believe i've seen that's a pretty good movie it's a nice little psychological horror movie it's an uh, even better alanis morissette song yes <laughs> i just think you would know that yeah it's at the end of um uh city of angels, city of angels. <laughs> there's some orchestral boom, shit in that boom, song boom. it's the same three notes over and over yeah, again. Oh yeah, invited. Emily Browning and Ariel Cabell. Yeah, um, uh, this one. So she comes back from a mental hospital, and then you know, like they start seeing. They think they start seeing this ghost or whatever. What is it? I can't. Well, remember. what it is? There's some supernatural stuff, but Elizabeth Banks is the new mommy that moves in with uh, David Strathairn, mm -hmm. and they know like the new mommy, and they think the new mommy is trying to kill uh, Daddy and stuff and things and then there's a twist ending and all that yeah stuff. she's but she's seeing like her dead mom or something yeah, like that yeah, 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 yeah. in this yeah, yeah. i've seen this movie i don't i it's been forever i mean it's been since it came out yeah it's fine. um uh then we have the next three days you've seen this <laughs> you remember Jeremy? this one? Oh fuck me <laughs> this is the one with uh russell crowe uh -huh. and the tennis ball trick to break open a car door yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. this movie could eat my sack <laughs> This is, this, it's with a fork and knife it's just and and didn't we find out that fucking paul haggis wrote this yeah shit? yeah 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 god <laughs> yeah it's bonkers it's like a law-abiding citizen with none of the fun oh yeah mm -hmm. it's taking itself seriously um yes nah, fuck that. it thinks it's real that's a shame too uh <sighs> our idiot brother i don't think i saw this i do remember it coming out it's one of those that i just i think i just refused to watch it was just it oh, came it's funny is it yeah um i don't know it just came out out of nowhere one one weekend and yeah we had it and i just didn't watch it yeah it's paul rudd playing uh like a little bit against type like he's a hippie dippy fuck up and he's the idiot brother mm -hmm. and uh he comes back into their lives it's elizabeth banks zoe de chanel and uh who's the other one emily mortimer mm. and you know he 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 they have a successful lives and he ruins it by being an idiot nice and then, and then he turns out to be heart of gold and shit 
Um, be searching for a heart of gold. It's going to be uh, song impressions for the rest of those times. Nice. Uh, Man on a Ledge. This is the one where Sam Worthington is the titular character. He's a man on a yes, ledge. Yes, he is. But while like he's this? also involved in a, in a heist at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie sucks. You didn't like it? No. I didn't. Uh, I haven't paid enough attention to it. I've caught it on and off. I thought it could be like a law-abiding citizen type of thing, but it's a whole different thing. Right? I think it, I mean, maybe I just caught law-abiding citizen the right day no. with the right amount of water. No, because I caught it the same way, man. All right. <laughs> it yeah, I think, it, I think it wants to be that kind of bonkers. Yeah. Like, you thought you knew everything, but this, and then this, and then this. She's like some kind of cop, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah she's the negotiator, the negotiator yeah. Uh, <laughs> now you'll have to deal with both of us. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, Isn't that line famously not even in that movie? Oh, I wonder. I think it is in the movie. Uh, I haven't seen it in a while. Maybe you're right, though. I'm going to look that up. Because I feel like the trailer played it like they teamed up, and then the movie, he does, He never really teams up. He with, does team up, doesn't he? No, end? I mean, he starts to realize that, that maybe... There's some other shit going on. I think but you're he right. Does, I he think doesn't that like, line is not in the movie. He doesn't trust Samuel L. until the very, very end. Yeah, 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 yeah. When they're all wrapped in emergency blankets. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the Hunger Games. She plays Effie Trinket in that, and that's that's. Uh, I don't know what all you guys think of Hunger Games in here. I mean, I like the first one. Kind I do of. too. I uh, don't like any of the other ones. Uh, I think her character is, is interesting and fun. I like the tertiary characters or the, I guess, secondary. Like, Woody Harrelson's character is interesting. Philip Seymour Hoffman, Sudden West Bentley, her, Stanley Tucci's interesting. Lenny Kravitz. Yeah. Lenny Kravitz can fuck off, man. <laughs> he ain't got nothing to do with that fucking movie. He just shows up, looks pretty, and then fucking, like, Goes off to bang models. He creates, he creates that whole dress, man. The oh, fire fuck. thing where she's catching fire. Know, and that was all his doing. You're going to be the girl on fire. Uh, he's this not that gay. That's girl is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she's uninvited. But is, is the... The uh, the Effie Trinket character is sort of like... It, she's from the capital, right? Or mm-hmm. is she... Like that, there is that what her function is in this? Is that she's from the capital and she's sort of like the you have to act this sort of way in the Hunger Games because she travels out to all the districts to to recruit all the people. Yeah, I guess I I'm I, I can't remember. Is that is that what it is? Yeah, she's the one that that says who has the honor of doing this. You know, uh, okay, Virginia Everdeen. I volunteer. Studio. Virginia. I don't know. Katniss is the one who volunteers in her sure, place, but her sister's name is not Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> Amelia Bedelia. <laughs> yes, uh, Primrose. Primrose. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, so she's from the capital, and she does the you know the fucking sorting hat shit. Yes. She, yeah. <laughs> And she she becomes more nuanced as a character over the the course of the thing. I never I saw actually, the last one. I really really like that second one. The last two are it, we've is the second about it one where the it's like the all stars and then mm-hmm. Katniss has to go back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's okay. Yeah, I like it. I, it's one of those things where I just I can't get on board with the story that yeah. they're trying to tell. It's I'm sure for others it's great, you know the the whole. But I don't like I don't like these movies where they're like we have a revolution now. This is fucked up. I want to see the fucking Hunger Games. I want to see fucked up shit like that on the movie. I don't want you to win. It's I don't like, want. 
Maze Runner is like, oh, God, there's a maze and spider monsters and whoop, let's pull the rug out. Next time they're in this facility, but it's also a ruse. And the yeah. next time they're in this and I don't really care about any of that shit. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I just don't get in, I just don't get involved with it. I just want to, I just want to see my Hunger Games. I want to see you killing people in creative ways yep. and winning. I don't care about that. Oh, this government is so oppressive that they make you do this. <laughs> don't care. This is this is not real life. We don't care about you winning about yes, we just want to see eriodites killing each other in the forest <laughs> that's right <laughs> that, that was a divergent reference for oh you nice know. i don't know what a what reference divergent oh yes, yeah, yes. pulled all three of those franchises together yes, where they did. belong well nice. and i i have i have been in the middle of conversations and i have confused divergent and hunger games and maze runner before <laughs> i'm like oh yeah you remember the scene where they go into where she where she beats kate winslet <laughs> jeff daniels is there <laughs> <laughs> um what to expect when you're expecting did i see this everybody's dropping baby loads in this movie yep like there's yeah oh boy <laughs> that's what birth sounds like, like did not like that sound <laughs> <laughs> there uh, there it's uh, all these vignettes it's like valentine's day and yeah. fucking he's not that into you and fucking yeah because like this that. is a book that isn't a narrative it's no they just made it into a story one chick can't conceive that's elizabeth thanks actually but she runs like a like a breast milk store like how, yeah. to, how to get it out they have a store for that yeah, yeah. You, oh, don't you just suck it's called <laughs> well not all the time <laughs> um yeah so she's doing that and then like what god cameron diaz jennifer lopez like there's a million people in this um and uh then we have uh people like us don't oh, don't know this bad movie. title <laughs> yeah it really is then what what's the point I what's no, the fucking point no interest uh oh this is an interesting movie actually chris pine is in this as the lead she's his on again off again olivia wilde is his girlfriend i'm sorry elizabeth banks it's a weird she's my sister but she's my girlfriend but it's not as salacious as that uh and michelle pfeiffer mark Duplass, philip baker hall and john there's no favreau movie, there's no michelle pfeiffer <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh then the uh the three pitch perfects where she is uh one of the announcing team with uh john michael higgins vaguely racist announcing team v yeah well, they become they become explicitly racist after the first one the first one is playing off of the best in show dodgeball yeah. type of thing and it's delightful it's yeah. funny and then much like the franchise, by the second movie, they've run it into the fucking ground. Yeah. And, it's, it's, and they're just it's mean. Bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, movie 43, which you've seen recently. What was she in that? Uh, she played in a, uh, a, a, a vignette with Timothy Oliphant about an animated cat. And it was vaguely amusing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Lego movie, she plays Wild Style. She's the voice of Wild Style. Really in that. good. Yeah, she's really good in that. Uh, Walk of Shame. Did you ever see this? Never saw this. This is uh this is an interesting concept where she uh, uh or she's going for a network job at a news corporation and she's told she's not she doesn't get it so she goes and parties and sleeps with some dude and then has to wait make her way back to an interview the next day mm -hmm. and it's it's kind of like a one woman show and I've caught some of it and it's kind of fun under the sex and nudity there's one line that says a woman tells another woman to take her aggression out on a penis. Sounds about right. That's a line. There That's you in go. There. there you go. Uh, 
then there's every secret thing. God, she's I have been not a, seen this. She's been in a lot of movies with bad titles. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. This got your girl. Uh, oh, this one was was notable because it's produced by Frances McDormand. Okay. Um, it's directed by a woman, and the leads are Diane Lane, Elizabeth Banks, and Dakota Fanning. And so it's a very uh, female produced uh, thing, which I, I wish it would have gotten a better title and a more marketing. Yeah. Do, what's it about? Uh, women. Women. Uh, yeah. okay. Look at the fucking description, it dude. It says a detective looks to unravel <laughs> Isn't that crazy? a mystery. A detective looks to unravel a mystery surrounding missing children I've seen and this. prime suspects. Two young- Holy fuck. Okay. Really? Dakota Fanning is playing a girl who killed someone and went to like juvie and has just gotten out and now another girl has been killed and they think it's her and her friend again. Ah. I've seen this. Yeah? Did you like it? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> You, you were so excited. <laughs> You're like, I've seen it. Is it good? No. <laughs> it's dour and sad and <laughs> fucked up. Uh, Love and Mercy. It's a Brian Wilson biopic. Oh, this is good. Have Who you seen Brian this? Wilson. I have not seen this. Two versions of Brian Wilson. Young Brian Wilson, Paul Dano. Good. Older, older 1980s Brian Wilson, John Cusack. That should work. All it right. works. It, it works really, that really well. Uh, Paul Dano plays him in the 60s when he's really like at his creative peak and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. This movie's fucking awesome. Hmm. And uh, I believe Elizabeth Banks is in the Cusack version of it. And much like I mentioned uh, in my recommend, the Echo in the Canyon, mm-hmm. uh, she notices that maybe he's not being properly managed mm-hmm. as far as his mental health mm-hmm. and his finances and stuff like that. So she pushes him to get some some other help all right this movie is fucking good another bad title yep. uh it you know it has to do with the beach boys uh, song but it's really really good they should have called it sloop john b yeah i want to go home i would have <laughs> at least known it was about a beach boys person yeah then. uh magic mike xxl which i did not see i saw the first one the steven soderbergh uh-huh. i did not see the xxl Me neither. he didn't do the second no, one. no he? Yeah, he did not i didn't see the second one either uh power rangers i never saw this oh she's fun yeah, yeah she is kind of fun this, in this movie's fun yeah i don't i uh, i would hesitate to call it good but i'm really surprised <laughs> they don't want to make another one i mm-hmm. thought it was well cast and it was it was a fun enough time a little too heavy on the crispy cream product placement yeah no shit <laughs> like it's literally like the setting of the big finale it's like let's all meet at Krispy Kreme yeah um, <clears throat> but I enjoyed it and she was the best thing about it my son is still obsessed with Power Rangers because there's been like nine to a dozen adaptations like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that kind of thing yeah uh, and so he's still watching it, and every once in a while he'll go back to the old ones where Rita Repulsa, her character, was like a, a regular character. Yeah, and seeing that version versus what she did with it, I really I like this movie a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She well, she's obviously was having fun. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Uh, the Happy Time Murders. Talk about balls. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Oh my god, that movie's. I can't atrocious. bring myself to watch this. Movie's anymore. atrocious. I I I think I. I think I could tell you this movie is terrible and like put you put it like it's a zero out of 10 <laughs> and you watch this and it would probably not do it service. Wow. Wow. Mm. wow. I, I, you're not the only one that is, has strongly warned me away from this movie. I am highly tolerant of most comedies. Right. 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 I, I, I watch anything that's a comedy and and then this one just i was just like man guys you think everything 
sex related is funny you think everything is that i mean just so it's one of those movies where there's like oh is there nothing funny going on let's make a sex joke and that's it wow wow um and then brightburn i did not see this either one of you did she's passable i mean it's not this movie is a big letdown it's such a great idea um is she the mom she's the mom and she's fine. Uh, the movie is just a little too heavy handed. Like she, it opens with we're trying to have a baby and we can't. And I even wrote a sin for this. Like, like why can't she just love her alien son? Why does she have to have been barren before this guy dropped from the sky? Superman's mom wasn't like barren. She didn't need that to love that boy and raise him. Is and that so- what happens? He jumps. He drops out of the sky essentially. Oh yeah, it's Superman. It's literally the Superman story. I mean, they don't say his name. Right, right, right. Kid ship out of the sky. They bury the ship in the barn to hide from the kid. And then at age 12, the ship starts calling to the kid. It's not even that the kid is evil. Like Superman, only he's evil is fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not even that. The ship just beeps and twists his mind and turns him into an autonomous killbot. And the ship actually makes him evil. Yeah, the ship connects Uh, to him and then tells him to start. Yeah, tells. I mean, he was weird, but he was fine. And then that tells him to start killing everybody, and so he does. Did you not like it at all? Um, no. Is it more? Does it lean towards more of the horror type of presentation, or is it just he's evil <sighs> as a superhero? Well, it, it can't decide. Like, there's even three fourths of the movie goes by, and you don't see him kill anyone because mm-hmm. they keep cutting away before he kills anyone. Oh, they don't want to let like, on that he actually does it. No, they just don't show it. Oh. Like, there's one woman at a diner, and he goes to kill her. Mm-hmm. And she's closing up the diner. She's all by herself. And then the windows fog up. Ooh, what's that? And then his little Brightburn doodle stick figure that shows up all over the fogged up windows. And like, ooh, what's that? And then whoosh, now he's in the room. Mm-hmm. And then whoosh, he comes right at the camera, which is her perspective. Cut to another scene. Oh, that sounds bad. That, it, just, it has no interest in being horror, has no interest in being superhero, and it just kind of lands in the middle. Uh, and honestly, if James Gunn had written and directed it instead of just producing it, it probably would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a, a pretty big disappointment. I mm-hmm. picked it in Dicer's like summer movie box office thing. It looked so good in the trailers. I yeah. thought it was going to be my sleeper. Uh, this is going to make a lot of money. Mm. <laughs> the trailer did <laughs> did look good. Yeah. Oh no, it's not good. Yeah. So that'll do it for the movies. There was uh, one thing I wanted to bring up though in her TV. I mean, again, she's always p- just kind of appearing in these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it seems like she's like super likable and I like a lot of things that I see her. I mean, I like her in a lot of the things that I see her in, but she's not other than Zach and Mary. Is there anything that she's really like carrying? She's just always a girlfriend or yeah, a lot of it. Yeah. You know, or, mm-hmm. you know, it's, or it's an unfor, it's a forgettable movie or mm-hmm. something, but, uh, but she is in 30 rock as a recurring character oh, yeah? uh, where she plays a woman on this news program called hot box. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. And I mean, that's Tina Fey. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. not, you know, oh, but, uh, but she's really funny on that too. But she's also in scrubs for probably yeah. like a whole season where she plays J.D. Zach Braff's girlfriend mm-hmm. or love interest. They, it's such a cool arc. I say love interest because they get together, I think, for a one-night stand, and he gets her pregnant. Mm. And after talking about it like throughout this whole season, uh, they agonize about whether to, to have the baby or not. He really wants to have it. She's not undecided. 
and then they decide they're going to, and then they try to have a relationship after all of that has happened. It's such a complicated mm-hmm. arc that ends heartbreakingly. Uh, of course, he he still has the relationship with the son, but it's a really, really cool arc. So, Ooh. yeah, like it, it seems like her career is just filled with these like, oh, I really liked her nut or I really liked her nut. But nothing like super like, bam, that was the that's the movie right there, you know, yeah. Or, yeah. or whatever. But, you know, maybe an interesting career. Maybe she'll make her mark more that way as a director because yeah. she did Pitch Perfect 2. She directed this Charlie's Angels that's coming out. And she's producing it, too. So I think she's trying to position herself more as like a behind the scenes type of thing which would be awesome she she's clearly talented she's clearly hilarious mm-hmm. um and yeah i mean who knows hopefully this charlie's angels will be watchable i know you're gonna watch it at some i got point. at least uh, one reason to watch yes mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. and that 2001 i just rewatched, and it's fun <laughs> <laughs> uh okay that'll do it for uh this episode keep going to sincast presented by cinema sins on facebook uh we have uh, cinema sins twitter uh music video sins twitter we're on soundcloud uh discord if you need a discord link you can go to reddit mm. but we're also there reddit hey go to reddit you can get a link there or you can go to facebook and private message me and i will give you one um and um all right well that'll do it for this week yeah it's chris Atkins and jeremy scott and barrett share we'll see you next time thanks for listening comment on our episodes on our soundcloud page check us out on youtube twitter facebook and reddit and be sure to visit cinemasins.com I love mind tricking cats. Mm-hmm. It's fun. They're oh, stupid yeah. creatures. Well, <laughs> that's the that's the only way I can get them in. Sometimes is to make it make it pretend like they're getting locked out forever. Yeah. And because uh, sometimes I'll go out there and be like, "All right, it's time to time to go." And usually, Rip will run right <laughs> in. Uh, Domino will most of the time. Although sometimes he'll run to the porch and then just jump up on one of the banisters and just stand there for a bit until i pick him up and then chester is like i don't know what to do i'm so scared i don't want to go anywhere i don't want to go anywhere and you and sometimes i have to run out and he'll run in eventually but the best way to do it is just close and lock the door and then they're like oh shit (laughs) cats love to be allowed into places they think they're locked out of <laughs> yes like there was this closet in my old house and the, all the cats would scratch at that door constantly <laughs> and i would open it up and they'd go in there and see there was like tube suitcases and some <laughs> coats and they'd be like well this is boring and they'd go right back <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This place. Oh, but yeah. as soon as i closed it they were like i gotta get back in there don't they don't like being all <laughs> they don't like having off limits places <clears throat> they don't cope very well no you guys were talking about some commercials. There's one that I like. I like how they deliver it and everything. And it's that whatever that beer commercial is where they're like, I can taste my beer. Oh, I haven't seen that. Have you thing. seen that? Uh, the uh, I don't remember if it's like Keystone or I don't know what. It's some light beer. Huh. And everybody's like, they drank the beer and like, I can taste my beer. And that's the big thing. And then uh, <laughs> it gets to a bar and there's these this couple making out at a table and uh she she withdraws from him and she goes i can taste your beer <laughs> and, and and then this guy walks by and he's like i'd like to taste his beer <laughs> that's pretty funny and i don't know and, and it's, it's multi-layered because you don't know whether he means 
drink his beer or kiss her or kiss him. Right. <laughs> it could be any of those. Could wow. Be a- uh, I think it's funny that you remember when Casey Musgraves was talking at some music festival about uh, assault ro- rifles, and there were some in the country music circle that were like, "Oh, we're gonna end her like we did the Dixie Chicks." Blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. I'm like, this is the girl whose first hit suggests casually kissing somebody of the same sex and smoking a joint and you made her a star after that like you know that song like follow your arrow yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah, yeah. <clears throat> like you knew what she was when you made her a star <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> come on now yeah Fuck that. i love her i think she's she's a big deal the casey musgraves i do yeah i know she's uh god she went to the stratosphere in fact people are saying that she has the best album of the the year this year her songwriting is so good and mm-hmm. she is country enough, but unlike Taylor, she doesn't go poppy with the country, mm-hmm. but she goes a little more adult contemporary, mm-hmm. so it's not super twangy. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, she's such a good songwriter. Mm-hmm. And she's got a good voice, but I'm jealous of her songwriting. She's the one that posed for Playboy? I don't think no, so. No, that was, um, what's her name from, uh, who did that? Marin uh, Morris? Mar- yeah, yeah. I was just surprised. Like, I, first off, that anybody poses for Playboy anymore. Maybe mm-hmm. it's been a while ago. Yeah. Uh, but second of all, that it would be anything like a big deal. Well, anymore. and I also don't think it was like nude pictures. It was like semi-nude oh, yeah. or, or like suggestive type There's stuff. There's no market for nudity anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because Annie Leibovitz took a photo of Miley and her dad that everybody criticized as being like too sexual. Oh, that's right. What was yeah. that picture? I forgot. It was like they were a couple. Like, they're draped over each other. Yeah, uh, but it was, I mean, you have to really look for, for something to be salacious about that, right? In my memory, the picture was was pretty sexy for a father oh, really? and daughter. Uh, not that I think the controversy was deserved, but you'd be able to find it pretty goddamn quick. I mean, at least if your Google is half as good as mine. Miley and what's his name? Billy. Billy Ray. Billy Ray. Annie Leibovitz. <clears throat> oh, I remember that. It's where it it's it, this one, right? And then she's in the next one, she's like that. Yes. So she's not with him in that that picture, but it's like adjacent to it. I think it was Rolling Stone, maybe. I thought it was Vanity Fair. Oh, uh, was it Vanity Fair? It's probably Vanity Stone. Yeah, it is Vanity Fair. <laughs> Vanity Stone. <laughs> oh, speaking of Rolling Stone, Paul, is it Fiegerfeig? Do you know? the director uh, fig uh he uh he went on this tr- twitter thing after um what just came out uh last christmas just came out mm-hmm. and there's been a you know a decent amount of of good reviews i think it's probably middling right now and to each one of the reviews like he would he would be like thank you so much for seeing this i really like super pleasant to everybody rolling stone gave him like a, a just an eviscerated review yeah gave it one star said it didn't deserve the one star all that bullshit and he he gets on twitter retweets the the uh, article and he's like as a longtime reader of rolling stone i'm sorry you didn't get the movie i think other people will but i appreciate your opinion on it mm. i was like holy shit i mean that's the only way to play it yeah well I, but nobody does <laughs> well <laughs> Name another director uh, that actually does respond. that. No, you're right. But more often than not, it's going to be somebody who's like, "Hey, fuck you." Yeah. Well, did yeah. he? I didn't even know he made that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Neither. I got good feels about that movie. I I, I bet this you it's exactly Clark, what I expect. Emma Thompson, sick at Christmas. the one that you called <laughs> Khaleesi Dizizi. The, 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 yeah, it's the one you called Khaleesi Dizizi in the fall preview. <laughs> yes, that looks terrible to me. 
I mean, it looks like a rom com. It looks like uh, Henry Golding. Is that the guy yeah. uh, from Crazy Rich Asians? Yeah. Uh, it looks like he's kind of like a caricature of the, the do gooder and stuff like that. It's got Emma Thompson. It's got a good director. I like his stuff, I think, better than you guys like it. Yeah, you do. You do. Because you guys like Spy, right? Like Spy, Spy okay. Spy was fun. You didn't like the heat, Bridesmaids, though. okay. I like Bridesmaids. I didn't like the heat. You didn't like the heat. Didn't like Ghostbusters. Didn't like Ghostbusters. I know, we're all on board with Ghostbusters. <laughs> Ghostbusters like, must have just gotten one away from everybody. There's another one that he made in there. I still haven't seen Simple Favor, though. Um, Are you serious? I've got it. That oh, is the jeremiest movie see, now ever. That, that movie is great. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is the jeremiest movie ever because this is the movie that once you watch it, you will come back here and say, I've seen it 15 times. <laughs> All right. I can't wait. You know, I figured out a life hack. Yeah. There's, there, one of the movie channels I don't pay for on my Comcast subscription is Epics. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And they, I think, are owned by Paramount because they get exclusive pre-releases for like like uh, Mission Impossible Fallout was on there mm-hmm. for months, and I don't even know if it's moved to HBO or anywhere else. And then there was another Paramount one that I saw that they got and they, they were running. Mm. So I think they're owned by Paramount. Point is, every single movie they show is on Hulu. Ah, okay. so if I if I flip past and I'm like, oh, I'd love to watch that, but I don't pay for Epics, I just go over to Hulu and watch it. Ooh. Face, yeah. Ooh. I mean, you probably ultimately got my money through Hulu somehow, but you know, not, at least I'm not double paying. <laughs> I had to, uh, man. I've got stars, and the movie that I send yesterday is on stars, mm-hmm. and so I was like, all right, I don't usually do this. I have that configuration where I send the movie on one screen or I watch it on one screen and I write it on the other. Oh, it's the only way I do it. You do that way too. Uh-huh. That's right. Um, and and you guys like Chris and Aaron, I think use the TV very often. Mm-hmm. But since it was on Xfinity and not on a Blu-ray, the pause will take like three seconds sometimes. Oh, yeah, oh. I hate that. And after about five minutes of doing that, I was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna buy it." Because Xfinity Amazon. is all like it, they the dude installing sold it to me because I recently up upgraded all my equipment to this like i can talk to my uh-huh. remote now like you lucky bastards have been for years <laughs> and he was like well it's all it's all wireless now and so there's not a cable box at each tv where like it used to be if yeah. i wanted three tvs to have access to cable there's just this little wireless box and everything is being sent throughout the house over wi-fi yeah yeah which is why when it delays three seconds it's because of the fucking wi-fi yeah. so but, there's no way i could have gotten the time points right and i was like ah no, it's worth the four dollars on Amazon. I know we're not started yet, but I've decided I want to. I want to try and kill two birds with one stone. Every time we do a career breakdown, I want one of my recommends or warns to be me going out of my way to watch a film I haven't seen by that person. Oh, nice. I almost did for last week Stephen King, and I was just going to do something. I, I wanted to watch Children of the Corn six, nice, without <laughs> having seen any of the first five. <laughs> but I ultimately decided I, I didn't want to pay four dollars to rent it. Because no streaming service has Children of the Corn Six. It's actually six six six. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course it is. But I didn't do. So I ended up watching a um, uh, Elizabeth Banks movie, and uh, so I will be able to uh, contribute. Uh, did you you watch the documentary though? Right. No, but I would watch that way before I watched this. Documentary is great. So it's good. It's just like man. the b- Man on Wire. Yeah, yeah. No, it's no, no. Thing. It's exactly like. In fact, I'm surprised Robert Zemeckis isn't behind Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Maybe He's he probably deep in there as an executive producer or some shit. Oh, God. Man, watching the Christmas Carol. There's there's, there's a... Did you guys like that at all, that no, movie? No, never saw it. There's a, there's enough to like in that movie, especially because it adheres so closely to the text, mm-hmm. but it misses 
all of its intended audiences. It, it, like it's too scary for kids. It's like too clunky for tech heads. He got way too enamored with that that early mocap stuff. Yeah, and started telling stories that didn't make a ton of sense, like that in the Beowulf one. Yeah. I wasn't sure who the audience was for that. He um, did that, or he produced? Yeah, that? he directed. I think Beowulf. he directed really? that. He yeah. did another one too. There was a Polar Express. Polar yeah. Express was the, was the big first one, I think, and then and then he then he started doing that a lot. Beowulf was next, I think, and then it was Christmas Carol, and he may have had one more. And even Spielberg got caught up in that for just a fraction of a second doing that. Well, and even um, Welcome to Marwin kind of has a little bit of that kind of vibey, feely because those he did that too right Zemeckis yeah yeah but those the the action figures that come to life in Steve Carell's mind are the look of them is like mocap like they still look like dolls Mm. even though you can tell one of them is uh, this is 40 Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Leslie man (laughs) Leslie man you know I I figured out the first time ever uh kind of got a crush for her I was flipping channels the other day and she's the one yes was on she's the friend yeah she's like bartender friend of the girl Ed Burns did not make a lot of great movies as no. a director, but that soundtrack is all Tom Petty, and it's fantastic. Yeah, She's the One was kind of shitty. Uh, Brothers McMullen was okay. I like Brothers McMullen yeah. the best of all of his. Yeah, but like, yeah, some of that, some of that stuff. Yeah, the She's the One one is just like, I think it was Jim Ridley in the natural scene was talking about She's the One. It was like every time something happens in this movie, there's a scene in the next. The next scene is someone going, "Let me get this straight." <laughs> 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 i think she's the one was the big budget version like i think he made something after brothers mcmullen and then after those two indie decent good hits mm-hmm. somebody was like i'll throw 10 million at you and you can cast cameron diaz and isn't jennifer aniston in that i think so that's a big cast um, i never saw that one but Leslie Mann is in that. It's the first time I ever knew who she was. Mm. And then she shows up in Cable Guy. Yeah, like, oh. the the girl that Ed Burns is is dating in that is the one that he either was going out with at the time or is married to mm. or something at the time. He ended up uh, marrying uh, Christy Turlington. But, um, <laughs> but like... Uh, Fucking Ed Burns. I know. But, uh, <laughs> but the uh, the woman in there is like... that. It's the only movies you'll ever see her in or, yeah. or these ones that he did. Yeah. And yes, yeah, and Leslie Mann plays the best friend in that. Uh, Le- Leslie Mann for me was Cable Guy. Yeah. yeah, even though she doesn't have much to do in Cable Guy, she's just the girlfriend. And Steven, you're being an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> that's where she met Judd Apatow. Oh wow, that's right. He was that makes perfect. Was sense. he a producer. writer? He was a producer. I think like a lot of people had their hands on the the writing of that one. Probably. Oh yeah, Stiller I think is the is the main screenwriter on Cable Guy. Well, and they that's were perfect. originally that was a Chris Farley joint. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. And I forgot got about that. And he died in like 95 or did he die in 96? Well, they just I think he was still Around alive and they changed directions. Oh, it wasn't because he was No, he was no, it was was Stiller came on board and wanted to make it darker and Farley's version would have been like yeah, Beverly yeah, Hills yeah. Ninja yeah, yeah. and uh, a Cable Guy. No, the writer of Cable Guy is way more insane. Hold on, hold no, on. You won't guess this. Really? Oh, I won't. No. It's Lou Holtz Jr., who is, yes, indeed, the son of Lou Holtz. The only reason I, in Whoa. maybe 20 minutes of thinking about that, I would have just because I've seen that credit so many times. Oh, yeah. Lou Holtz that it would have come Jr. to me. It wouldn't be. It's his only credit. What a weird. That, wow, it's so weird. 
Was so Lou weird. Holtz the one that Dan Patrick does the impression of? It's really funny, or is it? I'm, I'm sure it he is. He puts his pants on one leg at a time, like you do. I'm sure it is because Lou Holtz <laughs> always had that. Uh, that way of being like, uh, we had no chance but against this team tomorrow night, you know, whatever. He'd always give the other team fawning praise and oh, like we have Belichick. no and have no chance. We have no chance. And then they just beat them, yep. you know, 42 to nothing or something. But yeah, that's exactly how he would do those Lou Holtz, the way you did it. <laughs> you want to knock out? Yeah. I'm pretty sure she that character in the comics goes on to be Black Canary or Black. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, some kind of spider villain. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> it's gonna be Black Canary. Oh my god! I think actually Black Canary might be a DC. Black Cat, maybe. Come on.